The following podcast is sponsored by Extreme Earth, the Kickstarter. Natural disasters, conflict, greed, and paranoia have pushed the planet to the brink of chaos. Nations, corporations, and terrorist groups create, recruit, or capture superhumans to use them to further their agendas. This is Extreme Earth. A Supers RPG setting inspired by the Iron Age of comics and television shows like Heroes, Alphas, and 24. Thanks to a team of system experts, Extreme Earth is available for multiple systems including Bash, Bulletproof Blues, Fate Accelerated, Icons, Mutants and Masterminds, Savage Worlds, and Supers. You can find Extreme Earth now on Kickstarter. The following podcast may be explicit. <laughs> You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Thank you for joining us for Season 12, Episode 2 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Gina. This is Stark. And this is Jib. And when it's time. And and I would like to thank our sponsor, our last-minute sponsor, who just today, email, or yes, last night, emailed me and said he wanted I, to... i got to say that that PSA, public yeah. service, that she sounded hot. Oh, yeah, I, just hearing her yeah. read that, I want to go buy it right uh, now. I, yeah. I, I want to go buy her. <laughs> uh, I doubt you uh, could uh, afford her. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> it, co- it, it costs a house and a ring. <laughs> <laughs> a couple children. of kids. Mm-hmm. Several yeah. dogs. Mm-hmm. And a lifetime of happy. Because <laughs> you're going to be happy. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, our sponsor, Extreme yeah. Earth. It's a Kickstarter. It's on now. Uh, if you want an easy link to it, go to happyjacks.org slash extreme earth. All lowercase, all one word. Extreme earth. With E-X, not X. Not like, extreme soccer! Or something like that. It's extreme! I thought it looked very cool, and it's not that far from funding. It looked like it was about three quarters of the way there. Yeah, I, I yeah. dig the fact that it's basically system agnostic. I think it's yeah. really cool. I, I, I'm digging it. I'm, I haven't yet, but I'm probably going to throw some money at them. I think I will, too. The uh, and, and yeah and, and they're and they're supporting a lot of of uh, of systems of good systems absolutely all so of them all I have the, to all I, the good not systems all of ever them. there's no hero there, there, no <laughs> there, there is an absence of hero system which oh, is kind of you know what, I saw heroes awesome. here and I yeah. figured it was hero yeah. no. although although bulletproof blues makes me want to go write a song right now <laughs> so <laughs> I, you know what I don't know that system I'll have to look up bulletproof blues. Yeah, I don't think I, I know. Bash, I know so, so thank you very much for yeah. uh, supporting the show, yeah. and uh, go and check out their uh, their video on the Kickstarter, happyjacks.org slash Extreme Earth, all one word, all lowercase. Sweet, and there you go. Yeah, and good luck. Yeah, and good luck funding. And oh, soundboard check. It's not working. I I'll do it for you. Oh, it's not working. I'm going to have to fix it when I hear it. sound just like I heard it. Uh, and also, thank you. You did you? No, yeah. you didn't. No, that was just me. You'll smell you, it. The, the, the whole time it was you going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. The. the uh, <laughs> we finished. Storkafarious. <laughs> we finished uh, Bogfest on Saturday at 10 o'clock. There it goes. And it went very well. 
and uh, we sounded as good as we've sounded in a couple years. Only Casey was sick. For once, you yes, weren't. I wasn't. I was fine. And we sounded good, and the show went well, even though the cool. brand new songs went fairly I, smoothly. I fucked up every recorder part I had. Yeah, the, one of them was epic. Yeah, well, it was <laughs> absolutely epic. Yeah, but other With than the that, exception of the recorder, yes. we were perhaps yes. as, as best sounding as we were. I agree. <laughs> the, uh, and I, I met a lot of people that day on Saturday who came out to fair um, to meet us who were listeners and went out to Bogfest. And thank cool. you guys for coming. I appreciate oh, that's it very awesome. much. Awesome. Yeah. It was it was it was very good to see so many people I've never met before. It was literally standing room only, and people and it, were falling into the pool. It was and great. Or maybe it jumping. It didn't rain. It was supposed to rain. Yeah. But it, oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The beer was expensive, and people stuck around anyway. That's awesome. It was great. It's like, it's like the it's like uh, the rose parade. Never rains on the rose parade except once. Oh, I mean, like five times, really. But it was over like a hundred. Other than that, years. it never rains. Right. On the <laughs> Except parade. for five times, it, it never. Right. Rains. I don't think it's ever rained in the Bugfest, has it? I uh, I, don't know. Hey, I, I got shit on my pigeon once. Does that count? No. In twenty okay. years, that's yeah. fantastic. I don't think. Of course. It was. Well, yeah. of course it is. Southern, Southern California, California. It rains like like Camelot, and between. it's usually in April or May. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I think we have a possibly someone from Extreme Earth. Oh, is there who, in the chat uh, room? Well, I'm I'm guessing that it says Hero is coming. Oh, sweet. And we contacted the folks from Hero System. Oh, and brilliant. That's got awesome. a translator. Right. Which you need. You kinda, right. Which yeah. you kind of need right. for Hero. Yeah. I, I love Hero System, but... <laughs> but when you want the GURPS translation... If I'm reading that right. Stu. I think we'll just you know, have a have like a, a Stu Mook mashup yeah. for that. I've never played... tried so The first superheroes that came out for GURPS was so horribly broken. It was terrible. There's some awesome bass coming through well, that wall. Heather's watching uh, oh. Walking Dead in the next room. Awesome, so. though. <laughs> Walking Dead is an awesome bass. But, uh, it's a, a Walking Dead is a misnomer, by the way. It's really crawling dead. I mean, I see, well, no, I some always, of them are walking. Oh, they're well, walking. kind of shambling. Shambling. I always assume that they're talking about the main characters when they're talking about the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Fair walking enough. Fair be enough. Dead. That's yeah. why I always... Walking will be dead. Right. Well, so, no, that they're, they're like... Unless it's Christopher like, Walken, because I'm not sure if he's alive. That they're like ethically and morally like dead. Walken dead. They're really most sincerely dead. Yeah. yeah. So, so we mentioned both Kickstarter and Hero, mm-hmm. which brings me to Hero's new Kickstarter, which kicked off like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was well played. I got to say, we have an uh, applause there. Th- they have a, a Kickstarter going right now for uh, oh, Fantasy yeah. Hero Complete. They they did Champions Complete, which was an update of the version six rules and and a more digestible and version more digestible of the, of the rules, version. Right. And they're doing the same thing for for Fantasy Hero Complete oh, set of rules in one book. Everything you need to run fantasy game right there in front of you. Um, and. It's been running for like maybe forty eight hours, and it's already one third of the way funded. Oh, good! So awesome. Unfortunately, the other Kickstarter I was excited about probably will not fund, and that was uh, a Kickstarter called Satterstein, mm-hmm. which was uh, a book about uh, homebrewing beer, and all the recipes are like geek related. I saw. Stuff. I think I saw that. Um, looked really good, but I don't think they're going to make it. Sadly, so. I tried to fund a Kickstarter about cooking with cum. And uh, it it didn't fund. I don't know why. 
Me either. I have no idea why that wouldn't. Fight. It's high in protein. I've, I have. I, had, I, I had, have no idea. I, had, I got nothing. I had smoothies. So like I had some it. walk recipes. <laughs> what was it called? The Spunky Chef. Yes. <laughs> How did you know? You, you were the one. It was I, I, you I, and me. I kicked in fifty bucks. Two. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a lot of effort. Drawing doesn't cost much. <laughs> if you're on a budget, I'm telling you. That's okay. He had matters well in hand. It would sell itself. I'm like, we don't have no money, Steve. All right, give me 20 minutes. I'll come up with a dinner. Yeah, it's like the frugal gourmet, except you do have to spend money on lube. <laughs> Not necessarily. Just grab a bottle of olive oil out of the key. Exactly. You are wow. cooking, after all. Extra virgin? Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Snug? Absolutely. Okay. EVO? Uh. <laughs> All right. And the Renaissance Pleasure Fair is still going Sorry. on for three more weekends. <laughs> it just came up with... Somebody write this shit down. That's actually genius. So this weekend, next weekend, and the weekend after, it's and then it closes. Cool. And that's it. And so if you haven't made it out and you want to yeah. make it out and come see the Boxy Boggards, the Merry Wives of Windsor and a thousand or two thousand other uh, street actors, uh, you should come do so. And... We actually end up with a lot of uh, listeners showing up at various shows and stuff, yeah, too. So yep. it, it, more than once, <laughs> people come up and introduce themselves to us, and other people come up and they're like, hey, aren't you? And then they wander off and get each other beers. Right. Because they know each other from the forums. That's and, super cool. Yeah. and it, then It's uh, awesome. And, and some guy was walking around with a uh, uh, Mongoose Traveler book. Yeah. That has autographed it. And he wanted it, us right? autograph. Yeah. He goes, you are the reason I took the... I, and I said... Have you played it? We went through character gen, and now we're all hooked. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, sweet. I know. It warmed the cockles of my cock. <laughs> Cole, Coles, <laughs> Cole. That was awesome. You know, it was I, really I awesome. I, I mean, I don't need to know anymore. What? what I mean, I felt a little, a little dirty stiff. signing his book, but I mean, yay, Mongoose Traveler, right? Yes. Yeah. We, we, I think we're the like For a voice sure. crying in the wilderness about Mongoose Traveler. It really is awesome. It, it, is. it, it really is. And I don't, I don't think we're the only voice, you know, promoting that game. What? The loudest. We get no money, but... Okay. Not even. Uh, Shane Hensley hadn't ponied up a dime yet yeah, either, right. so, you know. <laughs> Who? Somebody put as a link in the for just for you. Cooking with com. Yeah, cooking with com. There you go. Oh, there it is. Semenology. Oh, semenology. Yeah. That gives a whole new whole new preference to protein shake. Why is it a bartender? The semen bartender's handbook. Natural harvest. What? Natural harvest. A collection of semen-based recipes. I Amazon, that's a lie. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just turn our listeners loose and... Uh, oh, yeah. Thank you, Lokio. <laughs> Is it by Carlton Mellick Third <laughs> Or some other bizarro... What? Who is I just, it? It looks legitimate, but God, it's on the internet. It must be true. Of course it of is. Of course it is, because the internet would Galliano never Galliano cum shot <laughs> as a shot. <laughs> Proof. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All righty, then. Uh, 
Macho mojito. So like a baby maker would be like a was, beer with like a shot of... Okay, it was supposed to be a joke. Okay. I know. I'm feeling a little and then ill. When and then when it's truth, yeah. it makes it is sort of r- sad. Rule 37? I, is that what it is? I think it's rule 37. I may have to go hurl in a minute. Hold on. All right. Email from Bleeding Quasar on the forum. Oh, and by the way, th- thank you again to the Extreme Earth Kickstarter guys yeah. uh, for supporting the show. We appreciate it. Sweet. If anyone else would like to support an episode in the future... Nicely done. Uh, contact me. And uh, you can do that. We appreciate it. And uh, email from Bleeding Quasar, who was on the forum. But probably not right now. Uh, greetings, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> How does the Quasar bleed, by the way? I don't Damn. know. You cut it. <laughs> if they you know, cut a Quasar, does it not bleed? It gets a, a really deep paper cut. Apparently. <laughs> you pour lemon juice in it? And No, that that's a screaming Quasar. <laughs> I think a bleeding quasar is actually uh, one shot of vermouth, one shot of grenadine, and a shot of cum. I'm not going to argue with you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I don't even want to know. I I have no need to know. Why did this become the spunk episode? (laughs) I don't (laughs) know. An expensive energy and a waste of time. I'll take full credit. Yeah. Right. And and you know what? This fart sound could also be something else. That's what, that if you uh, just it's perfect listen <laughs> it's like a little double shot oh. all right if if it actually makes that sound you might want to go to the doctor <laughs> Dear, greetings gentlemen jacks and the lovely ladies i rarely write in nevertheless i've heard this topic being passed around a lot over the years and good good conscience i can't listen to it anymore without weighing in or going nutty because, let's be honest, you can't hear me when I rant while listening to the podcast. And good thing! <laughs> right? It would be very distracting if we had to hear people nerd rage on us while we were Plus, recording. it will put us out of a job. <laughs> Constructive point. Colon. The first. I've been hearing a lot of people talking about how there's no positive way to do social interactions with dice mechanics without stealing away the essence of the character. I disagree. The essence. I, I, I'm, uh, I, I enjoy women's company. <laughs> I seek it out. I do not fear women, but I deny them my essence. Right. <laughs> That's it. Dr. Strings will have... My vital bodily fluids. My precious bodily fluids. I'm a water junkie. I'm Jack. a water man, Jack. <laughs> You're feeding you. Uh, <laughs> you know what? There's a crossover between human centipede. I was and feeding Dr. Strange you, now. Hmm. <laughs> He's a storkicorn. He's a storkicorn. <laughs> do have a? Do I? Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Of that's so awesome. Right <laughs> it's a, it's <laughs> on camera. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, without stealing away the essence of the character, I disagree, because most systems have a passable system. Built into them, that is typically the that is that built into. You them, want to come into that sentence again? It is typically the player that has the issue, Thomas and not the game system. Them. So it, it is typically the player who has the issue, and not the game system. For example, in D twenty, this is how the conflict can be handled. If the DC set by the GM to talk your way past a guard is, let's say, twenty. For the sake of nice round numbers, then if the player misses the roll by less than five, the GM and player could compromise out of the mechanics until an agreement is reached whereby the failing player gets a little something they want, but the GM gets their way mostly. Uh, if the DC is met or with a dice check, right? 
Yes. Uh, no, uh, DC is uh, the t- your target number. I forgot. Difficulty class. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> if the DC is met or within five of the target contested number, then the initiating party gets their way mostly, and the lesser side of the compromise still gets a little something. If they win with more than five, they win verbal contest outright, and they get their way because their argument, threatening glare, seductive wiles, etc., was so potent against the specific target that the argument was forced to be shelved, defeated entirely, or frustrated the target so much that they stopped fighting about it. If the initiator is attempting to convince the target to do something that is outside their moral purview, then give me, then give them a bonus to their defense, will save, contested role, etc., depending on how big a, de- a deviation it is. But don't go overboard, because this mechanic works right out of the box in most systems. Hold on. Can I finish the email? No. Let I'm me, still uh, trying to figure this out. Well, let me let me finish yeah. it. Let me finish uh, Or at okay. least get through uh, Unless point. you have a question. Oh, uh, no. I really need to finish the whole email. Yeah. All right. Finish your whole email. Just And take a shot. I come with it. A macho <laughs> mojito. Okay. I don't know what your ladies are complaining about. Yeah, it's like <laughs> beer to me. And ammonia. Like a, a nice, delicious, hoppy beer. Take the following example that gives us a good look at a specific case we can use. A farmer is demon-possessed, and you think it needs to die in a flaming majesty of your burning hand spell, and the cleric is trying to talk you out of killing the farmer. Okay, so you make a class skill check, and you beat him by more than five. Then maybe the cleric just leaves so as not to be party to murder and is angry and under protest. He doesn't have have to meekly submit or agree that this is the best course of action. But it still happens because you won the skill check. This isn't to say that you shouldn't RP it out, just that it will that this will be the conclusion. It may come down to a fight later, or maybe not. That would still be in, in character tension. The PC should not fight and bicker about that. <clears throat> Like children saying, well, my character would never, with a quivering lip. The person who says my character would never is showing a warning sign of a person who cannot role-play a situation and find the reasonable answer based on the circumstances to resolve the outcome of the role. The world is a hard place. You don't always get what you want. If the player is being a douchey asshole, then you've already broken rule one. I think that's rule zero. Yeah, isn't rule zero? Don't play with assholes. Yeah, but he's also one. saying if they're being a duchy asshole. I, I, I'm nah, I'm I editing just, on the fly. Uh, it is it rule zero. That's Kimmy's rule. Don't play with assholes. I, I don't I don't think she invented it. No, right. no, you guys no. said it before. Yeah, the rule zero because asshole rule zero little brown you? Went, you know little guy. Uh, treat it like any other similar behavior. How would you respond if the same player character tried? to stabby-stabby their way past the guard. You yes-and the shit out of it. Same thing with the bluff check. If they roll high enough on the bluff check to get past the guard, then you let them get past the guard. Like the the kill-the-guard scenario, maybe there'll be a negative repercussions later. Maybe something like the guard realizes that he was suckered, so he confesses to his guard captain, who puts out a warrant for arrest of the party member, adding conflict and tension to the situation because the consequences of the character's actions. However, in both circumstances, that does not necessarily mean bad shit will not happen to them later based on their choices. Uh, That is the fun of free will 
Kimosabe. Drama ensues, and that's fine, but you can't just say my character would never let you stab him, or my character would never let his guard down, etc. Angry as fuck rant about charisma dump statter. I'm sorry you cannot... No, this is the next section. I'm sorry you cannot build a balanced PC. If charisma is your dump stat, and someone else beats you to it, beats you at a charisma-based skill, you can't just pitch a fit to get your way. If a wizard with a con of 6 and an int of 20 gets hit for all the fucking damage ever, does he get a free pass, too, because he can't build a balanced character? Nope. Put on your big girl panties and get over the fact that you didn't get your way. Ex the excuse, but my character wouldn't do that, doesn't fly. As the, as the good player, your part of the narrative is explaining why your character did do that. Because the wizard who just stabbed to death who just got, who just stabbed, got to stabbed to death yeah. in the taint would get to play that wouldn't get to play that card, would he? Uh, you'd tell him to shut up and quit cheating, right? How is this different? This is a co-op story about everybody's character, and if they have to follow the rules, then you do as well. The last vestige of the young gamer always shows itself in people people's take on the social mechanics. There is no winning in social interactions. Respectfully, uh, Bleeding Quasar on the forums, not that I post there often, not, not, not that I post on them, P.S. Have you been... Ha, uh, I have given you my gaming resume, but ain't nobody got time for that shit. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. We don't, uh, P.P.S. GURPS is a motherfucking win. I agree. Uh, P.N.S. I made you say penis. You did. <laughs> and I'll also say cum. Because we, we get so wound up about uh, the word penis. Okay, I... I we all have issues with this email. I have lots of fails. Okay, right. Yeah. But I let, let me start by saying conflict resolution in a role-playing game is the sum of many, many rules. It is a combat system. It is a social you know, mechanic system. All of those things are on the table for conflict resolution. And I can think of many situations where a character would have an intractable moral stance to say let's go with something extreme we need to murder that we're going to go out and murder some babies to provoke this guy to come in and attack us well you might have a character who's going to say no i'm i'm not going to do that not only am i not going to do that i'm not going to stand by while you do that well you can't stop me because i made my role to convince you otherwise lots of problems there which yes. we can talk about yeah but ultimately, if if my character has this intractable moral stance that it's not okay to murder babies, what the fuck? <laughs> then go figure. He can he he certainly can take that situation out of the social mechanics and put it into the combat mechanics Absolutely. and say, no, I'm actually going to physically stop you from doing this. This, my friend, is what we call role playing. Aha! Uh -huh. We have created yeah. characters who are. Constructs of real people. Some of them have real moral codes. Feelings of ethicalness. Ethic these are these are but we have created characters who who have beliefs and have mm -hmm. wants and desires and have lines. Mm -hmm. And when those lines come into conflict, that is not a player being a douchebag. A douchebag. Right. It is not a player being immature. 
That is a player playing their character. I agree. And the interesting story that can result from this, the cooperative story that can result for this, is how do these two people, both of whom are being intractable, because just because I won't let you murder the baby, and you insist on murdering the baby, we're both being intractable on this situation. Right. Yeah. Hey, man. The interesting story that can result is how that situation resolves itself. Maybe this is a story about a party that has to go out and do something that's way over their head that doesn't get along very well mm-hmm. and fights, and maybe they kill each other. I've been watching Game of Thrones, for Christ's sake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? <laughs> Everybody dies. <clears throat> hey, it's like others. fucking Hamlet. Yeah, it is. Okay. Only worse. So anyway, that, 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 my, my first thing is, when, there's a conf- when there is conflict resolution... There are a lot of tools in that toolbox. And the social mechanics are one of them. And so is combat. And it's perfectly acceptable to me, and I think to most of the players I play with, that if a disagreement between two player characters gets so heightened and is so fundamentally unresolvable, and is at such a heightened level of tension... That I, I think it's perfectly valid for blades to come out. Absolutely, it is. Uh, well, I have a couple thoughts. One is I think the the first point was that uh, mechanics don't have to ruin the RP. At least that's what I understood, and I think that's true. Um, yeah, and that is. I got problems with that too. I did too. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it does. I I, I kind of agree with a statement that was something about uh, that's the player, not necessarily the system. Because just because you have mechanics for something does not negate or nullify that there is RP. So. Yes. So I agree with that. I agree with that. That there can be mechanics, but it doesn't mean that there's no RP. Or that it has to just be dice rolling and then there's not RP. With that, if you and, have mechanics, the I think that for most of us would agree that if you have mechanics and you're going to use them, yeah. which you probably should. Taking the RP into account in those mechanics is important. Yes, that's mm-hmm. what I agree with, I, and I think uh, we think of that as an indie game philosophy, but it doesn't have to not happen with a D twenty game. Uh, so I agree right. with that. The part that I think I get sort of lost in is the complication of the mechanics to play out the where it sounds like the mechanics are driving the RP and not using it for conflict resolution. That like I have saying. a disagreement me with. Me too. That I have a disagreement yeah. with. I, I that that to me you're losing player agency. Yeah. When you're saying, okay, make your roles. Okay, yeah. you're gonna convince me of this. Yeah. My right, character right, 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 right. You, you I, won, I, so convince me. I just I just, right. yeah. I just lost by player agency. Right. I right. no longer am in control of my character. Especially See, for PC to PC. Right. And, I think so, too. And and therein lies where this goes for me. And and where... To, I come up with two things. One is, I think he's overcomplicating the problem from a mechanical standpoint. You know, plus five, minus five, within five of target number, whatever. <laughs> whatever. However you want to work that out, whatever. But uh, the other thing is that the mechanics can inform the play, but they should not absolutely dictate the play. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, and we we had a had a conversation with some other Savage Worlds GMs about this just a couple of weeks ago, where we were talking about n- using narrative with mechanics and working the two together. And this is exactly the kind of thing we're talking about, um, where you have role play, role play, role play, role play. We have you know. Storks and my characters have a conflict over this thing. He wants A, I want B, and neither of us are going to seem to want to come off that line. So we're going to we're going to role play, we're going to discuss it, which is a situation that we had in a game we played not too terribly long ago. Yeah. Um, and we're going to we're going to The game will pick back up by the way. <laughs> we're we're going to we're going to role play for a while and then at some point maybe if we can't role play to a resolution where we go, "Okay, you know what?" We can, we're going to find this place where we can both get something of what we want, and we can go go forward. Then dice hit the table, right? And the dice do not necessarily do not have to dictate the result, but they might inform the result. So, let's say that we have this conflict, and dice hit the table, and Stork wins. <laughs> I think I like <laughs> what that. It's what, a Rolo system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what that might mean to me is that while this is a, a moral stance for me, maybe I do sort of see Stork's point to some degree. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm gonna I'm gonna do what he wants to do, but I you disagree. Know, and and I, I'm just saying maybe. I'm not saying it has to be. No, I'm, I guess I'm saying, if if you're going to involve the mechanics, then the mechanics decided it. If you're going, like in Stu's example, okay. if you have personality A saying kill babies and per- person B saying no kill babies, um, and you know the, you let the RP go, yeah, for a while a- until it becomes obvious that their the personality is there's in you know. There's not going to be a resolution, I, so hang on. Hey, so the dice, the dice come out, and someone quote unquote wins. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean then they they get to enforce their, but it, you find a way in character to say you got subdued, or whether it's combat or whether it's socially, the thing they want to happen happens. You don't. It, I don't think I don't, it just informs the decision. I, I don't. Think it, see, I, I I disagree. Yeah. Specifically, if it's player character versus player yeah. character, I don't think that should ever come down specifically to a dice roll. I think the mechanics are of most role playing games are horribly weak, or the social mechanics are horribly weak when it comes to two player characters. It's fine for player character versus NPC. They can either yeah. convince the guy, or not. he gives up, or or he. D- Resorts to violence, which I think is more like, right as well, could be yeah. considered okay. You got to the point where he's out of argument, so he draws his sword, right? Yeah, no, you, no, you can't get past me. I'm a guard. No, I'm gonna lose my job. What the fuck? Yeah, oh, no, no, yeah, no, at that I point, yeah, I, you've go- won I'm, the conflict, yeah. But, yeah. but with player characters, yeah, it becomes a problem. You're robbing the player of his ability. Oh, I'm not to keep disagreeing with you, I'm just saying if you allow the dice to hit the table. Then that's the dice. Okay, I'm not saying but I agree with you that I think PC versus PC. Uh, then having the dice come out to decide that is problematic. I totally agree. If, it, if okay. it's going to come out to decide that, it's going to be combat rolls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which 
kind of sucks. Did, I don't disagree. Um, while I I see the I see what you're saying and I and and I cannot disagree. Okay, the problem I have with that is it can lead to a place where, as a player, I cannot see a way f- way forward for the character. Okay, I'll give you an example because this actually happened. I was playing in a game. My character was an undead paladin. He had been a paladin in life, yeah, they- had died, and was so devoted and so committed to his, to the cause that he continued on as, a, as an undead, still serving the, the cause. Another character in the game um, was a demonic succubus who decided she was going to sex my character up and make him do what she wanted. Okay? And the problem that I had with this and, and was that there is no way, no way that, character's that, dead. That, <laughs> that this character gives two shits about sex one way or the other. None. It's like, what's his name in... in uh, okay. What's the movie? What's the... So, uh, I could... Rickman. Oh, Truly Madly Deeply? No. I, oh, he's... But, there are anyway, people book? in that movie. No, go, go ahead. Anyway, I could see ways that the character could convince me to do what she wanted to do. That was not it. Right. Okay? And when she took that path, when she made the choice to go down that path, there's no way for me to, gar- to go forward with that. Sure. It, 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 in a good game system, what she would have done is she would have made a she, she would have made a social role, and that and either you or the GM would have informed her. Uh, you realize that's not going to work. You might need to try another tact, perhaps. Subject B. Well, hey, no, that's not a game system. That's a GM. No, it's, style. Well, it's right. No, but it depends. I've written a game that does that. Okay. Fair enough. Only because I've run into that kind of problem in so many role-playing games. Right. Where I, I think that that people have approached social social skills the wrong way. Social skills don't determine an outcome. They inform the person who is trying to get an outcome. And, and that's really the question. of the And there's an important distinction. I've been, I've been that, sitting, I've been sitting that's listening. a really good thing. Let's say really that again. Yeah. Social skills, Social skills don't determine the outcome. They inform the person who is trying to get a specific outcome. And, and I'm right. sitting here listening. Yeah, and, I think that's and true. It's the stumbling block that we get with this game is that we have a dice mechanic yeah. that you can use for almost every situation. Right. And then all of a sudden, is it is it legal to use against PC to PC? It's almost now, is it arbitrary? Because there's certain people that play the game that live and die and design characters by the dice mechanic. Sure, there and are it, certain and games. You, you will, and there are games as well. And, 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 and I, are you taking away player agency if you say, no, I'm not going to honor your dice roll? Well, you need to I, I think that's, that's, that is a place where this email may come from. Because there, there is a, a, a rant on here about people who dump yeah. the charisma stat. Right. Perhaps... He had a very social character who was trying to convince people yeah. who were intractable and kept winning the mechanics, but they're refusing to like hand over the control of their character to him. Right. And that's, I mean, that's, we've had this debate uh, many, many times. times. <laughs> uh, I don't have a good answer for it either. Well, we still don't. And, and, and 
I get what what Gina is saying about you know once the dice hit the table, you've got an outcome. You you've got a resolution. You know we're going to go left or right based on that. I I get that. I, I think that as a player, where I would like to use that is to inform um how I'm going to proceed. So uh, going back to the example I was using earlier of, of Stork and I. Stork wins, so, but I'm against it. So the the path forward for that is, you know what? I can't, or I can't talk you out of this. So, um, we, we're at we're at loggerheads. You win, but that does not mean there are go- not going to be ramifications. Namely, I might just pull my sword right now. I might. I might wait till later. I might um, use this against you at some point. I might go to the authorities and say, "Hey, Stork wants to fucking go kill babies. I'm out." You know, it, something needs to be done about this because they've gone nuts. Oh, sure. I mean, right. I can think of all kinds of scenarios where I can be so incredibly uh, intractable. Yeah. Where, that it, it's. I don't. I, I will tell you one thing that will almost ga- I will almost guarantee is going to be a resolution at that point, though. One character or the other is going to be out of the game. Right. And, and at that point, maybe you, you set the role-playing aside and start and have a metagame conversation with the players at the table. Yeah. Saying, which is what happened with Oppenheimer in the, in, the, in the Champions game I was in, where we basically stopped, and, and, and one of the other players, the player who I was, I was arguing with, says... This group is not going to continue as it is. I'm like, I agree. This, there, there's these two characters are like polar opposites of of each other, and it and it looks at, at, as of this point now that we both have all of our cards on the table, neither of us would work with each other. Right. Yeah. So, handed in my character sheet, made a new character. Well, everything else is going on. I had it done within an hour because right. Do you do you think uh, just kind of thinking about what you were saying earlier? Do you think if there is intense RP going on between player versus player, that the only time dice should hit the table is when it, there is something combat yes. oriented. That's what I think. So you think otherwise? Well, if you're if you're talking about persuade, if or you have, I, I, if if you're having a situation where you've got a character who is socially astute and he wants to make a roll, a, a fast talk roll, or something like that, or so I, yeah, I would let him make that role, and then we've talked about this years ago, uh-huh. back back when the Aaron Head thing happened. Let him make the role, but it doesn't. He doesn't convince the other character, but the other player at that point needs to provide to the antagonizing player some clues or an idea of what sort of argument right. might convince Appeal my character, right? You know, like, he's he's picked up on social cues. He knows something about his background. He's figured something out about you, and he's figured out that you've got buttons to push. And now yeah. I'm going to try to push them. I, you know I what agree I'm saying? with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I, it's a hard situation, but I think that's the best balance you can I, get. That I agree with that. That's what I meant about like if you are going to allow the mechanics to influence that decision that that's the way I would do that too. Yeah. See, one of the things that, that I've noticed is that where this becomes an, an issue is when uh, you have a player 
who does not have the social skills in question. Yes. But the character does. Yeah. Um, and I have seen players use them as weapons to try to get their way. Sure. And therein yeah. lies a danger, in my opinion. This is really almost exclusively a social skills role issue. Um, if you're playing a bard or a charismatic or a sorcerer, a charismatic character, you have stats and powers built around that that role. That idea. Yeah. That mechanic. And you may not be the, well, us in the geek world, may not be the most socially ept <laughs> people on the planet. What are you saying, Stark? What are you talking and, and about? And yet we're playing... This ultimately charismatic person. So, yes, we tend to default to the mechanics. And where does that stop? Uh, it, it's fine to have mechanics, NPC to PC. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, is it, it It changes, or... I guess what I'm pointing out is when it becomes PC to PC, all of a sudden the rules change. Well, see, that's the thing. You kind of have to house rule it, I think, because... You've got two conflicting things. A, you've got a, a player who spent character points or whatever to make the social character, and he's specifically designed to convince people, and right. he knows how to convince people to do what he wants. Right. And he should yeah. get to do that. Just because the other characters are player characters does not make them immune to that. I right. agree. So, however, you also, it really fucking sucks when you, someone takes away control Hell, of your character. Yeah. Right. If it's not by magic or mind controllers. Yeah. Like so that. how do you right. balance that? Well, you balance it by modifying the rules and coming up with saying, and putting it on the player who's the convince E. Yeah. There's saying, a lot of people that are uncomfortable with that. You, you're, you're taking canon, you're taking the rule book, and you're tossing out stuff and making what, up shit. What you're trying to do is you're trying to say, okay, I'm not going to take away your control of your character, but I have to give him something... Yeah. For, for because of the fact that he spent all these points on social skills, right? So I'm trying to come up with a compromise yeah. between these two conflicting parties, and that's the closest compromise I can think of. That's the I, I think most reasonable people could live with that that compromise. It's I think. It's, it's very much in line with what I was saying about the dice inform the role play. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, that's a way. To make that work, it's not the only way, but there, right. that is a way to, for it, it. Really, is a, a social what mechanics you, role. I mean, and what you don't want is you don't want uh, the 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 guy that has the persuade skill at four hundred to yeah. basically role play for everyone at the table. Right, exactly. That's that's what yeah. I don't want. Um, I, I get very twitchy about things like mind control between player characters. And whatnot. Th- those sorts of things make me very uncomfortable. Well, see, the mind control to me—that's out of the. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a different. A, that's thing. a little extreme. That's like if you if you cast a mind control spell on someone else's character. Okay, you're, you control their character, but one day that spell's going to end. Yeah, and yeah. that player's mad. But let's just, um, <laughs> that's an extreme example. Let's just stick right. with a persuadey character. Just, yeah, just for <laughs> sake of clarity, I, I, I understand the problem. I, I, I get it. But there are people. You have to honor their dice rolls. You have to honor the mechanic that they built in. And right. now all of a sudden you're house ruling, and there are people that are uncomfortable playing that way. How do you explain to them or justify, and we all know these players, how do you explain to them that I'm house ruling right now? It's not in the <coughs> books. I'm well, you know, 
I mean, it doesn't have to be a bad player on either side. It could be two perfectly it's good not even a players. Bad player. How do you justify somebody who's a who but, knows the rules backwards and forwards <clears throat> and can't? And you, you're going to have this play around. Yeah. You're, you're going to have this situation in at any point at which oh, the two player characters come into conflict, and you have to resolve it one way or the other. Somebody's going to get what they want, and somebody's not. You're right. That is the hoppiest beer. No, it's not as it's not as hoppy as that other one. <laughs> I added to my taste buds. Uh, man, man, yeah. Woo! The wolf. Man, is that what you said? The wolf, the wolf among the weeds. The wolf among the weeds. Yep. It, it blew me away. My taste buds are yeah. dead. I can't taste. You food called the, the wolf. <laughs> you called the wolf, Negro. That's all you had to say. But you know, you're going to run into this problem anytime. I mean, it could be a case where. Somebody really wants to do something, and somebody else is like, nope, we're leaving. I'm grabbing you and taking you bodily away. Okay? At, at some, you know, one person is going to get what they want, and one person's not. And they're in, you know. It, it, does, it does suck to have your player agency uh, nullified. Sure. Um, I, and I think I don't think you should go lightly into player no, versus player combat I don't think so either. because I've, of that. I've had that happen more times in the Deadlands game than probably any other games combined. Right, because they have powers built for that. Well, and I'm playing a witch, so I have those, but I'm also playing a... Uh, I have hindrances that are curious, naive, impulsive. Mm-hmm. So... They have a, a in player a vested interest in making me not do the stuff I want to do. Sure. Um, and I totally get that. But I think the thing that happens. So even though it kind of is like, I want to do this thing. I'm gonna do this thing. No, you're not really gonna do that thing. Not quite. Right. Um, that's still good in a way because it it brings a different kind of a <clears throat> attention. To the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a different kind of energy. And I might get worked up and the other players get worked up, but it's 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 engagement and investment in the game. It's not being pissed off at and that's where I think the being mature about telling a story and knowing that there are gonna be conflicts and they're not always just going to be if they're good, they're not always just gonna be battle. Well, right, and right. combat. We're, we're saying good and bad because uh, that's that's a value judgment. True. I mean well, player, players getting worked up is yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. Agreed. No, not if a bad thing at all. If you're getting that much into your character and that much invested Absolutely. in what's going on at the table, yep, yeah, that GM has succeeded, or the group has succeeded. I think so too. The, I, the game is successful generally. in that moment. I'll think. I, I think, think so, so too. Yeah. It, it's all I can do to to beat you guys to death anyway. Whenever I meet you, and now <laughs> I have to get in a game and like <laughs> like and resist the urge again. Jesus Christ! What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, it's I, I play games to get away from conflict. I deal with assholes all day long, and that if somebody comes into a game and plays an asshole, all it's of a sudden, no, it's not somebody asshole. being an asshole though. No, I know they're playing yeah. an asshole. But no, no, but it's not, just, I don't just, play an it's, asshole. It's the character, the the player's no, no. not being an asshole. The character's not being an yeah. asshole. It's just you're going this way. Yeah, you're going at cross purposes. Okay, but all right, yes. And that leads me to my next point, which is there are times during games where I just throw up my hands and go, you know what? 
I don't give a there fuck a, where we go. I don't give a fuck <laughs> where we go. There's a plot hook hanging, and we've spent way too much time bickering well, in our that, brain. That is sure. deciding that whether we're going to get out of the inn or not. Yeah, yeah and, and that, that actually leads to, to <laughs> a point that I wanted to make, which is sometimes we make choices for character reasons. Sometimes we make choices for player reasons. Sometimes we make choices because we're playing a fucking game. Right. You know, and all three of those are valid. And sometimes they're necessary. Now, as an example, I was playing a, a character in Mook's Supernatural game who was a modern-day samurai, comes from a long line of monster hunters. This is his thing. The problem was that he believed it was perfectly acceptable for him to put himself in danger to kill a monster. That was cool. That's what he was there for. However, these other people, they're not supposed to be in danger. They're just, you know, normal people. They're supposed to... I'm supposed to protect them. That mindset created a problem. Because these other three people were in the game, too. And so, initially, I had to just make a, a choice because I'm playing a game with other people to not, to not act on and ultimately change that belief in the character's mind that it was okay for him to be in danger but not for them. Or at least have a long argument that wasn't interesting to the rest of the people. Because that's right. what seems to and happen. How many How many of us, just a short poll, how many of us have shut the, shut the hell up and follow the plot hook just to yeah. move the game forward? Yes. Never. Never. <laughs> yeah, that's because you don't play. You just GM. I've, I, I've played like five times. and I. Are you coming to GameX? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm I think sure. you should come out to GameX and play my my game on Sunday. I may. Our Saturday, I've got Teardown at Fair. Sunday may be our first L5R game in oh, five months. Very, months. Well, very well might be. And then Monday, of course, is Birthday. Memorial Day, and yeah. that's usually a barbecue. Yeah. So I, I just want to reiterate the fact that I've often dumped, so I'm, chucked I out I tons of character development and <clears throat> impetus. And Absolutely. I, I have, I've chucked out uh, uh, my disads and everything me. for the sake of... Of following the goddamn plot hook. My character would never do that. If I've never left the <laughs> goddamn inn, if we spent the last five hours in the inn deciding whether we're going to go on it, whether we like each other or not, I, I that's it. a different issue. Yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah. It's an extreme example, but it's not a different issue because that happens in middle of parties, in that's, middle of quests. Yeah, uh, I, I think my record to date was I had a, a party of fourteen characters, and an argument broke out, and it came down to swords. <laughs> I ran Love that. two rounds of combat, and there were three people left standing. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> great. Stu's Stu a chaos tissue. I love that yeah. shit. Kill them off. Uh, to, to close out the subject, the yeah. wisdom from the chat room, Chad says, regarding PvP social mechanics, I've been married long enough to know a person can be talked, badgered, or threatened into, thi <laughs> into things that otherwise never do. <laughs> well said. Well, well stated, sir. Let the Wookiee win. <laughs> My character would never mow the lawn. <laughs> yeah, get married. Yeah, you will. Oh, sir. They also mentioned uh, quite a few minutes ago that chat room is doing the I kinda, same thing I as they did last week. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to what's put in a new chat room program. It, it's like timing out. I, I don't know. I don't okay. know what's going on. I, I'm wondering if like the amount of processing power they're allowing me is being. Throttled back, yeah. subverted. 
Could be. I mean, the bandwidth. System admins like to do that. That's what I'm wondering because the chat room, I'm sure, is fairly intensive on the server. Yeah. There's a lot of like refreshments yeah, but it's, going. It's on. not oh, active, yeah. mo- you know, Saturday through Thursday. So you might very well have had a system admin look at it and go, "Well, the, their average usage is only this much." Right. So you know, I'm going to cut them back to that. They'll be perfect. They'll be great. They'll you be know, awesome. if I were to bet, man, I'd bet he's right. <laughs> so they're. Cause I they're know how system admins think. So it's so eating so some of their because I deal with them stuff, every right? freaking day. So changing the, the chat program may not help. No. I may need to like find a. a a chat program you, that's hosted somewhere else. You may need to find a system admin and you know do something unfortunate and, to him. <laughs> I don't want to do that because I don't want to travel with my bandwidth. <laughs> I don't travel to India to do that. Either. Right. It, yeah, I don't know if it's still doing it. Maybe I wonder if it just does it mostly at the beginning too because they were I'm, very I'm frustrated the beer for a while. Isn't but. nearly as hoppy as the last one I had. Jesus I got another Christ. wolf among the weeds for you. Oh no, no, that's okay. I actually want to. Those things are fucking hoppy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Rick number seven says, "Oh shit, Stu, the floodgates are opening." Uh, that and I know about this article because Dan from Fear the Boot posted this in their in their Facebook group. Uh, there is now a Kickstarter lawsuit over someone. I who saw didn't. that. I saw that too. It was a playing card guy because I've I've got burned by a playing card yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, it's like thirty thousand dollars or something, and 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 the district attorney in whatever state that's in, Washington, is uh, is is going after the guy to get the money back for the the, the people at least in his state who went in on this thing. There's like eight hundred people went on it, so there's like like I don't know, really, like 100, 120 or one hundred and thirty people in his state who put who put in for it, which. Philosophically, I agree with that. The problem <clears throat> is the guy probably doesn't have the money anymore. Well, right. that's well, why you I mean, there's still there's still uh, there's still ways to get that money back. Yeah. Well, well I mean, yeah, you can win the you can win the lawsuit. You know. I say they both roll dice and use the mechanics, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, whoever rolls the dice highest and it follows the right chart and he, actually and, gets the money. And who back. knows what kind of assets they're going to take from the guy? And, yeah, and they may garnish his wages if he's got a job somewhere. I mean, who yeah. knows? Take his house. I, there are things that can be that that can be done. I just you know, we'll um, see. It, it, it is interesting that that uh, my gripe is with a company that's actually being very successful and going on and doing other things, but they still have not produced the product for me that they promised. Oh, really? Yep. Mm. Assholes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you went, who is it? Um. Yeah. Artisan dice. Are you shitting me? Nope. Because they have delivered some. They have delivered some. I also know people at my level who also have not gotten their product, but it's been an awfully goddamn long time, and they've been doing other things. Have they done other fucking Kickstarters? They haven't done other fucking oh. Kickstarters, but they've put out you know a bunch of new products and and done uh, you know a ass, bunch of stuff and whatnot. Bags. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm over it. At this point, I'm over it. I don't care if I get the dice or not. Embargo on, unless they become a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> then I love them. No, that's not true. I will turn them down. Uh, that was quite a heated debate we got there. That was, that was awesome. I, I that, knew it would be. That, that was a good debate. That yeah. was a good discussion. And it touched on some stuff that we haven't talked about in a long time. I, I want to talk about t-shirts really quick. Cool. Um, there's a, I'll try to put a link in the in the show notes on our forum under general discussions, there's a thing that says t-shirts with a question mark and it's a poll and it asks what size t-shirt would you want? I am uh, working on a t-shirt. I've got a vendor. Uh, it is going to be a two color t-shirt, probably red and black. Uh, it'll be a light gray shirt and it will pr- on the front. 
it looks like, at least from, from the comments I've gotten, it's going to say, please stop talking to my experience points. The back will have the <laughs> the Happy Jacks logo on it. It won't be the douchebag logo. It'll just be the die logo. Cool. That's wearable in public. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm, I, I, there's a poll up there asking what size people want. And looking at the bell curve there, we skew a little heavier as role players. We're not, we're not good judges. <laughs> you sound surprised by that re- revelation there, We're Stuart. not good judges of this because because the, the band. I know. The band. The band we, we were tasked with making. <clears throat> we were griped about. We, we never made women's uh, boggard right. shirts. So we came out with women's style we shirts did. once. We did come out with women's shirts. But we like our shirts on women tight. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. So the so. biggest shirt we made was a medium. And so we, so <laughs> these women put them on a... Uh, I can't fit them. Look at this. Look at this. Does this look good on me at all? It looks great, Doug. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. I can every... Yeah, it's awesome. It was awesome. And they, they were so mad. They were... Our wives and you sound surprised too. by that. Yeah. Well, they were. They were like, <laughs> look, I, I'm making a valid argument. And they were, but it just it didn't get past the reptile brain that <laughs> we men it's navigate still, life we with. It, I <laughs> still think that was a good idea. I still think it's awesome. <laughs> anyway, we don't um, have any t-shirts left, do we? Where, where no. did you put your t-shirt thing? Where, mine? The survey? Oh, the survey is on the forum. It's under general discussions. That's what I thought you said. And it's t-shirts with a question mark, I think. Yeah, but I'll put a link in the show I voted. notes. Cool. If you if, if you want to buy a shirt, there'll probably be twenty bucks plus ship a little bit of shipping. Um, the larger sizes will be a little extra. I don't know how much yet. Um, and my goal is to get the shirt done and printed and shipped by June-ish. So if you want to wear them to Gen Con, I'll have them. And out there. are we going to make There's- women's shirts? <clears throat> no. This is going to be men's. Um, Good. There wasn't. A, we, there weren't enough yeah. votes for for ladies' shirts. But uh, yeah. I recently bought a T-shirt from Pinnacle, and they did a, a whole new thing. And this this side company, that's what they do, is they they do fulfillment on these shirts. But what they do is they take pre-orders, mm-hmm. and they make what what gets ordered. What gets ordered. That's kind of what I'm doing. And um, if you want, it's a um, print on demand. Go to almost almost. Yeah. Um, well, I've got, uh, the I've guys at Metagamers Anonymous are working on getting a, a convention in the fall. Right. And so they started a t-shirt <clears throat> campaign using this same company. Okay. So well, see, the, the, you yeah, can the, find them that way. The guy, the, the, guy I'm, the guy I'm using is a, is a friend. Oh, okay. And uh, he's very nice about doing a, like a, his extra added cost for doing less than a case is very reasonable. Because it's not like I mean normally sh- you know shirts cost this amount of money and then it's like three dollars a shirt more if you don't get a full case at one hundred and forty four or whatever uh-huh. the case is seventy two or I don't know what it is right but what I'll probably do is I'm, I'm going to tally up what I get on the forum and then add like a couple of every shirt of okay. most of the sizes the common sizes mm-hmm. and that's all I'm going to print so I'm not going to print you know if if seventy five people go on there I ain't going to print two hundred shirts I'm going to print like 80 or 85. Okay. Right. So, and then I, I'm right now I'm figuring out, I, I'm, I'm in the process of putting together a web store that will have that shirt. Cool. And also, I'm going to try to figure out a way to sell boggard shirts, wives shirts, and also CDs on there as well. If I'm doing the fulfillment and shipping stuff out. Cool. Yeah. Might so, as well. Yeah. I, I think because both boggards and wives have shirts <clears throat> that people want that we. Have no way right now of selling online. Do you, 
So I think the Bakers got rid of the shirts we couldn't sell. No, I'm talking about the ones that people want. Yeah. Oh, I right. specifically said the yes. shirts that people want. I yes. have the shirt that <clears throat> no one wanted. I bought yeah. that one. Yeah, that was a great idea. <laughs> Which one is I that? I thought one? it was cute. Which one is that one? The, I totally uh, nailed well, that goth. That, it didn't say goth, but it was the, like, I totally that nailed drummer. that chick in the boggards, <clears throat> which I wear. So it's, I think it's Turns out men wouldn't wear that shirt. Yeah. I know. It, and right. By the but way, is, that, is that a small or a medium? Well, at least I do. Uh, <laughs> no, we did a no, normal spread on this show. Oh, did we? All right. Yeah. All right, let's let's continue on because it's it's we've been an hour yes, and, and we got it fair moment. And email from Angriest. Who would like to read Carsten's email? Carsten no, I, didn't you? Did you finish the angriest fuck? Yeah, yeah, oh. it's done. That's oh, that's done. right. The penis did Go. that. Email from Carsten in Germany. Dear Happy Stew and crew, it has finally happened. For the last three cons I visited, I told the people in charge there how awesome pre-registration was. They all asked, pre-registration? Vossistas! Yeah, that's right, the running of the crowds. But yeah. two days ago, I got an invitation to a con, and <gasps> behold, oh. I could pre-register for games. Karsten! This is because of you, man! There's socialism in <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in the present. I hope it will become a trend. Just thought you should know. Now... For the second and more important part, it would be awesome if Tyler was there. He's, but not. he's not. Um, as he has experience with this sort of thing. If not, then your sagely advice is very welcome too. Not as sagely as Tyler's, but or not as welcome as Tyler's. But anyway. uh, we have recently finished our superhero campaign, and I am eager to try another thing that I've been wanting to play for ages. Vampire the Masquerade. I knew it was going to be a LARP. Unfortunately, it cannot be found anywhere here, nor Requiem or other World of Darkness stuff, so I'll just have to run a campaign myself. In the beginning, the players will write down some basic stuff without knowing the system, and then we'll play until the kiss. At that point, I'll hand out character sheets, and we will do character creation together. Then I'll play with them a bit, thereby showing them the nature of the game, and giving them basic vampire world rules. After that, they get to go free as neonates, noob vamps on their own, to explore and run errands for some higher folk. In the end, though, I want them to get involved in politics, intrigue, and vampire war. How do I give them a memorable vampire experience? What should I look out for in, a, in an intrigue-based game? I really appreciate any help I can get. Thank you, and don't stop casting the, that pod. That sounds dirty, by the way. Mm. Karsten from Germany. K-Germ on the forum. P.S. I have time until August to prepare, as a friend is taking over GMing until then, so I'm hoping it will be read before that. You know, my one piece of advice in reading this is, listen to what the players come up with, because they will invariably come up with more convoluted ideas than you ever <coughs> thought of. They will always come up with something that you never, you're like, oh, yeah. That's much worse than I... Yeah. And run with it. Um, they're going to look for... They're going to see wheels within wheels and run with those. I, I've, I've never played a World of Darkness game, so I can't really... Even if you haven't? That. Yeah. You've but played I've played games intrigue games. Have, I've played intrigue yeah. games before. And um, the the my first recommendation would be focus on the thing you want. Don't do things with the thing you don't want. So you want an intrigue game that's about 
being sneaky and spy and and you know intrigue and and you know social conflict and whatnot. Don't do combat. Yes. You know, also, put the things in don't front roll of them social that you want. roles all the time either. Yeah. Bringing us back to our topic, um, I I think that the problem with intrigue games is that people plan too much. I think all you really need to do is is come up with a MacGuffin and maybe somebody in charge, the Red Skull. I, when you say people, are you talking about GM or players? I'm talking about GMs. Okay. Yeah. And GMs come uh, plan way too much, and I have a feeling that because they plan too much, they make their their plans come true. I think what you, the number one thing to do with an intrigue game is come up with a, a MacGuffin and a villain and let the players invent the rest and you roll with it. And it seems uh, really uncomfortable, but can can any of you tell me what the real plot of the uh, of, of the Maltese Falcon was? I almost said Millennium Falcon. Any of you tell me what the real <laughs> plot of the Millennium Falcon was? Do the was? Kessel Run in five parts. <laughs> <or something? laughs> wow, yeah. from the start, the guy who doesn't know Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, I think it was five points. Uses Jedi neck. There are so many holes <laughs> in in the plot of the Maltese Falcon. It's it's character driven. It's yeah. about the the tension in each scene. And if you look at it as a whole, you're like, wouldn't it just been easier to like take the thing and drop it off at the museum and say, here well, it is, done. And and to your point, I think that is part of an intrigue game is that the players, if they're in that mindset are creating all these potential uh, paths and story arcs I, for you because I, they're I thinking, think that's yeah. absolutely important. And yeah. I've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on television. Love it or hate it. Uh-huh. They get... Apparently everyone loves it now. They get, I was told it much, sucked, so I thought it, it did. It, it sucked for it, a long it time. Has, it has gotten really good. Yeah. But they get caught up in their own heads, and they yeah. get caught up chasing their own tails, say. and they yep. get caught up in chasing red herrings. And that yep. is player-driven. And that is character driven. They uh, and talk about wanting to play to your dissets, wanting to talk about playing a character who is flawed. That's where intrigue games shine. Oh, yeah. These people spend more time chasing their tail and chasing red herrings and, and <coughs> doing the wrong thing rather than, well, it's obvious what the plot hook is. Just go for it. No. Uh, I, I would say, as a, as a GM running these games, listen to your players, make a couple of notes. And keep them in the back burner, and just follow those threads or encourage those threads, because they'll never leave the end. They will chase their tails for three, four, Which is awesome. five, six games. I, I think I've read the New World of Darkness book, and I've perused the Vampire book, but I haven't really deeply read it. But it strikes me that the kind of the core point. When you're starting a, a vampire game like that, is that the player characters are in this very weird place? They're monsters, right? They're very powerful monsters, immortal, and they have frightening, powerful abilities against mortals. Mm-hmm. However, when they when you start the game and what he's talking about here, they're tiny little fish in the vampire pond. So there's, there's really two different worlds they're interacting with. There is the the whole vampire thing and the you know the intrigue and stuff between the different houses, families, whatever that yeah. mm-hmm. they call them. And then there's the fact that they are far more powerful than the most of the people that are out around them. And it seems to me that 
that is the interesting thing about doing a beginning vampire game is the fact that you are so powerful to a certain extent but at the bottom of the rung yep of powerful shit that's, that's and th- and that to me is the, is is to show that conflict and to show that contrast throughout the game and to build a story that highlights that that's i think that's a really good point that it's maybe if you put pie chart on it that it's big big chunks of intrigue uh then there's the the hierarchy and the political uh caste system with these bursts of you're an immortal that Mm -hmm. has this incredible power over mortals right yeah and then the the fact that you have to kind of keep everything on the down low because yeah once mortals know what's going on, suddenly they become very dangerous people because there's a yeah. fuck ton of them. Yeah, yeah. They show up at your castle with torches, and, and they've got <laughs> bombs and shit. You know, it's it's <laughs> funny. My my daughter and I were having a conversation about vampires because you know teenage girls like that, <laughs> and we were, we were discussing the whole thing about if you were an immortal, if you had lived like hundreds of years, not even thousands, just a couple hundred years, it'd be like Groundhog Day. Why wouldn't you learn to play the piano? Of course. Why wouldn't you learn to do this? Why wouldn't you learn all the languages ever? Because you know you've had you don't die. You right. could you could go to China and spend uh, fifty years in China learn Chinese. You could go to Indonesia. You, you would have this vast storehouse of knowledge in your head. It, it just assuming your head's capable of holding holding well. But my point being that as a level one vampire, um, you, that's that's the kernel for me is. You are now a newly born immortal. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, Highlander speaks to that very well as well, which is you learn dueling and, and then dueling changes throughout the ages. Right. Yeah. It goes from yeah, swords yeah. to guns to, to, and you could become the ultimate warrior. You never get killed. You could go take out with the oh, face Nazi machine gun vests <laughs> all you want. They never, you know, like, yeah, you get, get pinned on medals. You're like, and I'm done being that warrior. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go write music. Was Audie, Murf- was Audie Murphy a vampire? Yeah. What? Or, what? Or it was was Mozart? He's a World War II. Because because you know after a while yeah. it's like you know I've been shot enough. I'm gonna learn music. I know music. I have I've had hundreds of years to study it. I'll write a bunch of symphonies. Um, right. Interestingly, was, go ahead. Oh, Jane. I just wanted before I lost it. Chris Nizak in the chat room was saying something really. Chris from the uh, misdirected Mark podcast. Aww. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Sweet. Um, he said, I think if you want an intrigue game to go off well, you need a few characters, I think this is a really good point, to have a few different and yet overlapping goals. Oh, yeah. So then you get that you that layer of the cast and the intrigue and the yeah. political bullshit. And then Sock Puppet Troll was saying that's kind of the point of clans. They have similar Sock goals, but troll. different. I know, Sock Puppet Troll. I'll bet you anything that guy's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's from. uh, Maybe he's a Kiwi. Uh, They have similar goals, but different ideas at how to arrive at them, which Mm -hmm. is a really good point. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Excellent point. Uh, Yeah, I was just thinking while you were saying that, Stork. uh, In like it, dislike it, whatever. The Highlander TV series Mm -hmm. touched on this point at one point because uh, one of the things in that storyline was that immortals could tell when there was someone who was an immortal who hadn't been reborn yet. Mm-hmm. And there was this one case where there was this guy, and he was an, he was an immortal, and there was a girl who was like a concert <laughs> pianist. 
I mean, like, classical pianist, amazing talent, right? Just, like, world-beating, world-beating talent. But she was a proto-immortal, okay? So, when she was at the pinnacle of her ability, he killed her. So she'd come back as an immortal and would be at this pinnacle of her, her abilities forever. The problem was that when she came back, she had no drive to make music. She had, there was the thing inside her that made her make music was gone. Okay, and one of the one of the things that one of the takeaways <laughs> I took from the Highlander movies, I got it might have been Highlander two, the worst movie ever. But ah! One of the takeaways I got from it was, if you're an immortal, you kind of got to reinvent yourself every 50 years or so. Oh, yeah. You got to, like, Otherwise, people are going to suspect. Right. right. And so, you like, mean, there's know, the fact that he's an antique... creeping around for 400 years? Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> the fact that he's an antique dealer made a lot of sense. He's got all this shit left over from previous lives. He might as well sell it. But every 50 years or so, he has to fake a death and come up with a new identity. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> a vampire in modern day would have to have the same problem, which is, like... Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, you know, I was born in the Renaissance and I've I've learned all these languages and I I was a composer for a while and I was a warrior for a while and they just get bored. They get full of ennui. I'm like I've been alive for 600 years. I was I've been decorated as a warrior. I've uh written novels and now what do I do? The exploration of immortality can be the basis of a whole game right there. Sure. And, and as level 1 vampires, that's your start. At least to me. I think if I were going to play in a vampire game, that would very much be what it was about for me. Was yeah. exploring and the this on top new, of that once they realize <gasps> this new, oh newbies, this new thing, and then you get caught up in the politics. But yeah, I, other than that, I got nothing. Michael right. from Texas, well, thank you, Carson. Hey guys, Michael in Texas. Oh what? Carson. Oh yes, Austin. it was Carson. But I know I'm going to do Michael from Texas. Yeah. I don't know why I've also got British armor officers. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, guys, Michael in Texas again. Last time we spoke, I <laughs> bought you a component rack and Tyler threatened to kill me. And, and this is unique. Those two things are not directly <laughs> yeah. related. Anyway, I'm listening to 1115 where you t- were talking about hiding things from GMs oh, versus times. letting them know what you want. Uh-huh. This notion of adversarial versus com- or cooperative GMs brings up a great point that I don't understand until I was much, much older. The key is being uh, the key to being a good GM. Oh, is, by the way, this is the most brilliant insight I think we've ever had written to us. That is a bold statement. All right, go ahead. I get to fuck up the sentence as I try to read it. Go. The key to being a good GM is knowing how to be a good loser. I'll read that again. The key to being a good GM is knowing how to be a good loser, and a great GM is someone who knows how to be a great loser. This is incredibly hard for younger GMs to grasp because when you're young, everything is about ego and competition with the other guys. As a GM, you know it's your job to lose, but on some primal level, you still want to win. You want to humiliate the party and scare the party and have your NPCs get over or get over on them in some way. Get one over on them in some way. Some groups are cool with that, but often, particularly, you're playing with younger guys, they will interpret that challenge to their egos, and suddenly, no matter what the GM, or what kind of GM you think you are, you are now player enemy number one. If you take that personally, if you try to escalate and, quote, win, 
it becomes way too easy to cheat and cheese out of uh, and, and or put the whole thing on rails and piss everybody off. The hardest thing in the world to recognize when the players have beaten you and have the maturity to lose. He has that in capitals. The key of it, or the key to it, so much easier to do when you're older, is to lose in the most badass, dramatic way possible. You know what the players want. They want victory. They want validation. They want to conquer the enemies and feel powerful. And crush your enemies before you. And heal the lamentations of the women. <laughs> Sorry, that was, was Chandler Conan for a second. Uh, but <laughs> uh, That was Spock, I think. Was it? Uh, it was Spock said that. Jedi neck pinch. But giving them what it, they want requires the a tremendous amount of humility. You really want to take yourself out of the NPCs and play them as villains who deserve what's happening to them. But once you decide to do that, you can really have fun with it. Set a trap for the PCs, have them figure it out in advance, have your villain with great fanfare and melodramatic spring the trap and fail. The more you play that up, the more your players will love it. Where's my pit full of sharks? God damn it, there was supposed to be a pit full of sharks. What the... Get away from my guards! Guards! Game mastering is the art of losing. And once you master it, everything else is easy. Yours in crunch. Michael in Texas. P.S. <laughs> if you have trouble getting to the right mindset for this, pretend your NPC is being played by Will Ferrell. Can I go first? Sure. I don't agree <laughs> with him. The great GM is the one who realizes that there are no winners and losers in this game. That's just a restatement wow. of his. I disagree. I yeah. I disagree. I, I think you're just restating it to a finer point. He's, he's, you're basically saying the same thing. There are no winners and losers. His his point is that the GM. It's not about the GM. Chooses it, well, the GM. The GM chooses a, to make yeah. his NPC win. You you are you are agreeing with him, but you've just restated it. <laughs> yes. I. He disagrees to agree with your disagreement. Yeah, I, I think I'm. <laughs> I stand on my assertion that there that there are no winners and losers in this game. That the story is about all of the characters and the player characters are the principal characters. And I will take you to sentence 14 <laughs> where he says <laughs> giving them giving them what they want requires a tremendous amount of humility. I I see what he's driving at and up to a point I'm okay. But if you make the if you make it about winning and losing, you are setting yourself as an adversary. I portray the characters that are the adversaries of the player characters. I, don't, I, don't I am not an adversary too. of the players. Mm-hmm. But ever. you you want the players to to experience the illusion that you are the adversary. Yes. You want the players to think when they come up with a solution to the problem that you've set out that you've outsmarted them, that, or that they've outsmarted you. That's yeah, I was going to say. What? Yeah. Now, now is that is that competition an illusion? It should be. It should be. Absolutely. Why? Because you are not really trying to beat them, and because you, you are privy to all kinds of information, perfectly and can beat them. You are perfectly okay with losing that situation right. because that's why you're playing. That's and, what he's saying, and, and I agree with him because as a young GM, I and, I as, and this is I think this is great advice for young GMs specifically. Yeah. I think most old, older GMs have probably already 
figured out that th- this isn't a competition, which is what you're saying. Yeah. We're, we're not in competition with, with each other. But the players need to have that illusion that they're not necessarily that we're in competition, but that they might lose or that they will lose or we create mechanics so that they really might lose. But we're not against them, but there are times when we want to have them think that. I mean, how many times have we sat in that room or, and, and you guys are like... <coughs> Made bad decisions. You guys, <laughs> can you leave? Because we want to plan something. Yeah. I'm not going to like try to destroy your plan. Yeah, you guys know I'm not going to try to see, destroy your plan. I don't feel that way when if, we're But if I the give table. you information, there's yeah. there's a, a metagame that you, you can't m- avoid not knowing. You're not doing. I, I, yes. But even if I know what your plan is, I'm probably, if, if it makes... If it makes sense in a logical way within the the realm of the story and the realm of the setting, I'm going to the outcome would have been identical. No, I. But I, you I guys wanted me to leave. I don't believe that. Well, see, it would have. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. I'm. I'm weird, I, or or just like I don't know. But idealistic. When I am sitting at the head of the table. And I'm listening to what the players are cooking up to to solve whatever's sure. going on. I want to see that work. Oh, I want to see their well, idea no, work out. Well, right. that's, well, that's the point. what he's saying. That's the point. That's what he's saying. You want them to win, right? You've at the said, end of the day, they're going to be the heroes, right? At the end of the day, they're going to be the so heroes. Gonna... But I don't perceive that as me losing. Well, that, well now, they're gonna now we're having a semantic exactly. argument about yeah. what winning and losing is. Right. And the fact is, players... The players very often do feel in competition with the GM. Absolutely. But the GM should never feel in competition with the players. Agree. Agreed. Completely. Yeah. And you know what? That's okay, a topic I can buy for that. a whole other... Yeah. I can buy that. And, I do and that's, like- that's essentially... Because what he's talking about right here yeah. is right out of a textbook of, of uh, theatrical improv. And right. that is or never always, be, always being willing to lose. Absolutely. Sure. In every situation, because losing... Is funny. It's entertaining, and that's what yes and is as well. Absolutely, it's not, it's not no but, which is a block. It's a if somebody comes up with an amazing idea or an out, off the rails idea, you say yes, and, and it works. It allows yourself to lose. Right. <laughs> somebody says, "I kill your wife." It really this, yes. This, this really is and directly out of, out of I bury her and go hunt you. Or whatever, but that's that's what yes and is. Yes and is allowing yourself to lose and allowing the 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 possibilities of. And, <laughs> and I think what you're saying is you, as the GM, are playing the game too, and you want them to win. So that's not you losing. It's you participating in the in the narrative and telling the story, and so it's not. You know, I mean, like you said, this as is- a GM, we spend all of our time coming up with situations th- that other people will f- figure out and beat. Right. We come up with puzzles that they will solve. We come up with combat encounters that they will win. Yes. I, I, and I love... That's, you, that, that, yes. That's yes, what I'm saying. That, yeah. and, and, in, and that part I totally agree with. I just... I, I, have a, I have a bit of a struggle with just anything that casts 
me as the adversary of the players because that's not where I that's not the Own place it. I want to be. Yeah, but that's but you can be the adversary <laughs> yeah, of the players uh, and not a, if yeah, you're good at why? losing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you don't think yourself like, that way. But, but, I, said, but I guarantee you, Gina. Yeah, and, and you and I have been on the other end of because we yeah. play a lot. Yeah, you're our enemy. We want we want that though. We want that because like he says, you just want to do it. You want to lose in the most badass dramatic way possible. And that's what we want. Yeah, we want that. See, we, really, we, I, I will tell you, okay. We don't uh, want to be cheated out of that. We, uh, we want it. Loki I'll, to die. We don't want you to go, oh yeah. Loki winks out of existence and yeah. bean or neen or neen or we don't okay. want that. Okay. Okay, and we don't want it to be I, easy, I will, so we want. I, I guess yes. I will explain what the the moment as a GM, the moment that I live for as a GM, and that is that moment when you opened the when you opened the doors to the livery in the Deadlands version of Hell, and inside is a giant corral filled with humans, human spirits. Who are mooing and oinking like pigs? And okay, this is really esoteric. What? Okay, <laughs> I'm getting there. Hang on. And in the middle of them is this giant ogre-looking guy with a big spiked cudgel in one hand and a cleaver in the other's other one, and he's slaughtering them. Okay. And what I the moment I live for is the reaction at the table when they saw that. That's the moment I live for. Yeah. As a GM, it's like. Okay. Wow. Oh, we're doing something about this. <laughs> you know what the players live for? Is when like a series of uncanny dice rolls or like huge jumps in logic happen and you sit there and you stare at what 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 just transpired and you don't know what to do because they just went through the hardest encounter you've ever come up with in 15 seconds in two dice rolls and you were left completely flat-footed. That's when they feel like they yes, won. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Stu's actually right. I, you know what? Beating, okay. beating your big bad that is the most satisfying moment. Let's explore that a little bit. the player completely let, flat. Beating your big bad in the stable more. is cool, but but uh, but beating his his big bad in two rolls is really satisfying. <laughs> is it more satisfying to do that, or is it more satisfying to have the big, awesome? incredible final battle that comes down to the wire and then with the barest hair's breadth left you win. No. It's better when we say Stu can you leave the room please? And we <laughs> lo- and we plot and we come back and he makes his he makes his plans and we outwit him in two moves. It's a it, Okay. It's it is so much more that's satisfying not, that's not that difficult for me. Where the GM loses big. <laughs> I, I, don't, um, I don't even. Okay. I don't, it's not even a selfish I've, thing. It's this thing where there are all the players then <clears throat> high five around the table because we out. I, I've we outwitted I, you. Okay. <laughs> I ha- I have told this story before, so for those of you who've heard it, I will apologize now. Um, I ran a Pathfinder campaign that was the big bad of the entire campaign was this necromancer, right? So for months and months and months, we've been building up to. The big final fight with this necromancer. Okay? They come into this fight and they roll initiative. The wizard in the group, go figure how this works, got went before everyone else and said, Fireball. It bounces off the wall of force that the necromancer had erected to protect himself. Okay. Like you do. Like you do. We go through the entire the rest of the round, stuff happens, people move around, there's all, all kinds of stuff going on, but nothing too terribly telling happens. 
We come back to the wizard, and the wizard goes, hmm, rock to mud. <laughs> Sinks all the bad guys into this vast pit of mud that he just created out of the stone that the room was created out of. so awesome. See, so, like, so now they've got to spend the rest of the round trying to get out of this, yeah. out of this mire, and they can't do anything else, so he's neutralized them doing anything. They don't manage to get out of it before the end of the round. We come back around to him, and he goes, mud, mud to, to stone. stone. Done. Yeah. We're done. We're d- and the thing is, is... Inside, I was cheering so loud over and, this because and it was fucking amazing. I, I don't want to put words in Gina's mouth, but uh, I think, you know, from us on the player side, because we play more often than yeah. we GM, uh-huh. those are the moments we live for. Oh, absolutely. Swear okay. to God. Yeah, absolutely. When somebody comes up with a, with a Kobayashi I, I will, yeah. I, I <laughs> Well, and you don't, you, you have some, uh, there's uh, some agreement in the chat room about people who are uncomfortable with that word choice, but other people who are like, this is right. just semantics. We're all saying the same thing. I, I can, I, I, I will, I will agree that it is that we're essentially driving at the yeah. same goal. I just have a struggle with with that word. With that word. I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing that phrase from from the a theater improv standpoint. Okay. Which, I'll, I'll, which is, I mean, in theater improv, there's no such thing as winners and losers. No, there's not no at such all. thing. Right. The okay, audience wins. T- they're the people winners. People talk about yeah. losing on stage all the time absolutely. and how important it is to be our, willing. to Our do band that. fails. Okay, at every absolutely. show. Okay, yeah. you won your social mechanic role. I give up. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! High five! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Higher high fives. That Thank you, happens. Michael from Texas. Brilliant email. I just, Thank I you. just, I, I gotta say though, um, as a it's great line, advice. It's, yeah, it's it the, is. It's the Kobe Amish. Be uh, humble. Yep. GMs, GMs be humble. We as, we yep. as players exactly. all, love the fact that we've outwitted the GM, or at least like to feel like Ex- we did. Absolutely, because <laughs> yeah. yep. I, I guess, I guess one of the things that has stuck with me for years and years, and I'm not a, a, a comedian by any stretch, but um, a great comedian, his. His famous words were "always leave them laughing." Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, from Good Mush. Good Mush. Good Mush. Who's reading Good Mush? I'll read okay, it. Go, dear Happy Jacks. I have to apologize for my last meal. E- email. Ah, meal. That was the hot one. It was really hot, and it, yeah. was, it was sexy full of one. Storks. What were they saying? Well, I was in the bathroom when Stork <laughs> was reading it. I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Stork and your Stork and your something, they're all what talking happened? about the semenology at the beginning. Oh, right. Still, yeah. yeah. So I think that's where I got my last meal yeah, instead yeah. of email. <laughs> um, it gets lonely here in Idaho, the edge of the gaming galaxy. <clears throat> and there is not a lot else to do while staring at potatoes than to make up stories and reenact them with potatoes, which I so want to see. Oh, help me, help me. <laughs> you must but pay the rent. I can't pay, pay the, the rent. rent. <laughs> you know, must you pay hollow the rent. out a potato. If it's a big enough potato and you hollow one out. <laughs> but not my last yeah, email because You that. can get two experience points for that. You could salt it? What? You know <laughs> what? what? That could go on the... Potato? <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Is it baked first or is it raw? Because that matters. Con- are you talking about condiments? What? Condiments. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, reenact them with potatoes, but not my last email because that was more than a little creepy. Like now what I want to remember what it was. Creepy, yeah. He said, I, I could still hear the discomfort in Stork's voice as he rushed through it. Do you remember what it was? No. I, said, I do. I, yeah. Which one? It, it, it was talking about how hot I am. That's oh. Okay. That's right. Yeah, that's. 
That's tricky. I have many That's admirers. a little too close to the bone. <laughs> you know what? Now that you bring that up, I think it threw up a little in my mouth. <laughs> With condiments. <laughs> I'm a thick, hot piece of gorgeous meat. That's what I mean. <laughs> Smoked meat. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> you're, like, you're like Pigzilla. Uh, Ogzilla. What? Ogzilla? Hogzilla. Oh, I'm gotcha. like ham on steroids. <laughs> I do Sorry. appreciate the advice that you provided on how to run a style of genre. Uh, it was very insightful. I am immersed, unlike right now. Because um, right. all they're talking about is hogs and stuff. <laughs> oh, Gina's in a room full of boys. Sorry. I know. Sorry, I actually Gina. find it quite entertaining. I have, you know, they actually make a soundboard that's nothing but farts. <laughs> Oh. Why don't I have this on here? I don't know. Have <laughs> I it thought you did. <laughs> That's all you can. Uh, I am immersing myself in certain styles to get a better understanding of the feel in those genres, as well as listening to actual play podcasts of the systems where when I can find them. Excellent. Yeah. So here comes my next question. Integrating players into an already ongoing campaign. What is the benefit of allowing this, apart from letting someone play that might not get to? As well as advice on incorporating the new uh, player's story slash character into the game. Any experiences that might be recounted would be great. Uh, oh, a great boon to me to resolving the issue I have with my game. Sincerely, Good mush. It's good because it's in the name. Quote, P.S. Shoot Dr. Allen on sight and dissolve his body in acid. Don't burn it. I know not that. Integrating characters. Hmm. I'm, I'm reminded of that, uh, I think somebody pointed out, it was the French-Canadian video where uh, the, the gaming group had been separated for a long time and the two guys the kept playing. Yes. <laughs> right. And, and that is a bad way. Of integrating, yeah. uh, you have to start at level one. I think rule number, the rule is if you're going to integrate a new character in, they have to be on par with the same characters. Yeah. Yes. Maybe, maybe a touch behind. Touch behind. Maybe a Perhaps. <laughs> they can't and, be like, okay, we're going to leave you with the minions over here while we go fight. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and at least at least give them that bone. And if you're not going to do that, then you need to have a very good reason or at least give them <laughs> a way to advance up to the point where they can keep up with the rest of the party. Um, it, other than that, I think the mechanics of integrating, that's a story thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm Honestly, I'm a little bit at a loss because I never, I've never really given this any overriding thought. It's just, oh, we have a new player. Okay, well, that means we have a new character, so how are we going to get a new character into the game? You know, it's, it's totally situational. Like, um, in our Deadlands game, we got we had a new player join us um, not too terribly long ago, and uh, discussed with her her character, explained the, you know, the basic concepts behind the, how the game, was, game worked and whatnot, and she came up with this game concept, and... Um, you know, uh, kind of as a couple of us helped her get get her character together and and whatnot, and then it was just like, okay, game, there, go. Here's where you are. Here, here's where you are. Here's you know, you decide why you're here. Um, she had an immediate, plausible reason for why she was there, and um, I threw her into the, into the deep pool 
right off the bat, just I, into the into the pond. Did you have a actual reason they showed up? Because Stu's way of integrating people into a game. I don't do that anymore. At, at the time, <laughs> that's because I had wait, way wait, too many fucking this? players. What was this? This was the the four uh, 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 E game, and we had a bunch of people showing up. And Eleven players. And Stu just said, "They're here." Yeah, <laughs> they're here and they're not here. You know what? If I had eleven people too, I would try to get eleven people to uh, yeah. all show up at the same time. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna do it. Yeah. Hell. So like eight people show up. Well, you know what? The other yeah. three people, they're they're not here. Not They'll be here. around when their player yeah. shows back up, but yeah. until then, they're well. They're, we're in the bottom of a dungeon. Well, you don't see them. Whatever. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They were never here. Yeah. Oh, but there's a new no. guy who showed up. Oh yeah, yeah. He's been yeah. with you the whole time. <laughs> in, in our in the case of of this particular game, they were in. A town, anyway. So you know, it was kind of easy. It's not like they were in the middle of a dungeon and she just miraculously appeared out of thin air. Um, because I just had her show up at the saloon one night and she was doing what she did, and things just went from there. I think as a player, uh, say you're already in the game, you want it the integration to happen quickly. Yeah, because uh, it is as a player, not a character. It is uncomfortable to play a game, which happened to me once for two and a half hours, knowing that person at the table was new to the game and was going to play at some point where they were just sitting there. Yeah, and I felt badly, that and I was sucks. like, "How the hell? What's supposed to happen? Why aren't they in the game?" Right. And it made me feel bad because then there was like an hour left to play by the time they got into the game. So I think quickly is important, and I think if that. Player being in the character being introduced has either a a a strong bond or string or relationship to one other character in the game, or to the the story arc at that point. You need to, yes. Otherwise, it turns into a bunch it's of people silly. like sitting around going, "Well, yeah. why would we accept yeah. you?" And then they maybe well, there should me, be some you easy like let let me join you on your right. crazy, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, soul swordsman. There has to be. An absolute concrete reason yeah. why you would accept this person and, and no arguments allowed. And yep. that way it's 10, 15 minutes of role-playing and then, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether Agreed. you rescue them, whatever it is. Well, but th- and that's the point. It, it, it's situational. I can't give you a good reason to integrate or a good way to integrate a person into the game. That has to come from it, you and yeah. the situation. Yeah, it has to flow out of the story yeah. as it's developing. Now, what I will say is if you're in the middle of a dungeon... At, at the moment, you know what? Metagame it. Yeah. I, I would just metagame it, be done, and be you done. You kill with the it. orcs, so there's somebody in chains, and they yeah, rescue them, yeah. and then suddenly they're like, oh, you know what? I will help you if we yeah. get out of this place. Right? Done. Yeah, absolutely. Nah, he's been in the whole time, man. What are you yeah. talking about? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're like brothers. What up? Yeah, you failed your notice check. <laughs> How did Jeez. you not notice that they were here the whole time? What's up? What is up with that? Come on, man. Email from yet another Kurt. Yet is another this my Kurt? is it my turn? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, sir. Go ahead, Stork. You want to read it? Go ahead. All right, Stu. I really wanted to hold off on writing you. This is the most unimportant email ever. But go I ahead. I think it's awesome. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> I laughed when I read. This I really email. wanted to hold off writing you so often until I catch up on the backlog and the last eleven seasons. I know you don't need to hear about my opinions or. Something you said three or four years ago and have done my best to refrain from typing to you as if I myself wanted to respond to questions that were probably already answered years back. Try as I might, it's getting more and more difficult to hear listeners say just 
caught up on your previous podcasts when I know that this was years ago and they've <laughs> achieved this feat. I still have seasons and seasons to wade through before I can claim the, that same victory. Today, I find myself at the keys once again, typing at a frantic pace. <laughs> I've listened to season five, episode nine, and not only do I have to continue hearing on uh, about some other guy named Kurt, <laughs> who repeatedly gets his name read on the air, has the good fortune to be known by all of your regulars and B-teamers, and gets to sit in studio and share his wisdom with yourself and the bags. But now, I hear he's this so-called Kurt of yours has also been using my nickname of Muffin. This is too much to contain for another six seasons. I mean, come on! What's this guy got that I haven't got 100 pounds more of? <laughs> I feel the need to demand this other could be threatened Ooh, with contempt treated. and ridicule until such a time as I can journey to California and I can uh, have a proper Kurt off. Ooh, hot Kurt on Kurt Thank action. Thank you, Kurt from Portland. <laughs> okay, we, we treat Kurt with, you know, uh, contempt and ridicule at every opportunity. So. We treat him very curtly. I think he's gotten used to that. I, also, yes. I think he likes that. <laughs> I think uh, I think those who write in emails should never more apologize for bringing up things that were brought up before because people who sit in this room do that all the time. All the time anyway. So no one should it's, ever it's have to like, apologize for It's kind of like when you vomit a little and then you look at it. It's like, yeah. I don't remember eating corn. Yeah. Right? So if you bring so up an old email... How the fuck long has that corn been in my stomach? Right! <laughs> so if you're bringing up, like, something from season 5, episode 11... It's, that is quite all right. It's fresh as the summer's day yeah. to you. Yeah. 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 It's I just started, so it's all new. So I bring it uh, up. We'll talk about it. So, P.S. Because no Except fan... Except the definition of crunch. Don't you yeah. dare. Or the other one. Or armor class. Shh. Uh, armor class. I'll oh, knock okay. shit on armor class all the time. Okay. So, well, we so can talk about as a preemptive strike, I'm going to keep anyway, reading so. this. B.S. <laughs> because no fan letter is complete without multiple postscripts, by the time you read this, I will be leaving my beloved green state of trees, clean water, and microbreweries, and packing my bags for the grand and glorious land of rocks, dirt, and more rocks. Known as Southern California. Yay! This means I'll finally get the chance to meet you and or this other Kurt in person. Ah! I see you'll be at fair in early April, so I'll do my best to introduce myself if I get the chance. I make no promises <sighs> Maybe I, did I, that I, I will be so caught people on the podcast week. by then. I met a lot of people this last weekend. If you don't get Widmere Microbrews at your local BevMo, we do. I we can't do. tell you how, yep. to get, how awesome that story is to someone from Oregon. I, being born and raised in Oregon, I, I know exactly what he's talking about. Uh, let me know, and I'll bring a sampler case or two down for the buggers. And you know what? We have no idea. I have no I've idea. Never heard of never. this? It's <laughs> never. You know, Widmire? What? I have no idea. I've had Widmire. I'm a fan of the Ruby Ale myself. Uh, I've not so had that. The that Terminator Stout is actually. I think I've quite had Widmer Ruby. Yeah. All right, Kurt the Muffin. Thank you. Um, and if no, you, if uh, you we've did never had any idea what Widmer is. Please yeah. bring some down. If you did, in fact, come down to fair in early April, you've probably seen the other Kurt. <laughs> He's in support of tricks. Yeah. He's good. Plays drum too loud. I think Kurt's in the uh, chat room. Turn friends. him down. Which Kurt? Uh, Kurt muffin of, or Muffin? Kurt of, well. 
the original this is muffin. Confusing. Of Which the one's email. that? The oh, the email muffin. Okay. The hundred right. pounds more of awesome. The hundred pounds more awesome muffin. Kurt's got a pretty awesome big muffin? gut. You sure? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. It's not the same Kurt. Kurt, okay. I think he's in there. This is my favorite uh, pool player name ever. Right? Email from Minnesota Gooch. <laughs> PhD. <laughs> wow. Isn't that a great Minnesota yes. Gooch? Yes. Minnesota Gooch. I think the Nobody Gooch plays is pool awesome. anymore. They nobody knows. But they, we're so old. Minnesota Fats. Right? We actually That's know. Right. And my hero zero, or doesn't know, it was, a, it was naughty number nine on the uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Number nine. It was all about Minnesota Fats. Spot. That's it. <laughs> number nine. Sing we'll tie it, you up. Oh, you're not. Sing it. <laughs> I woke up <laughs> to you fine folks a while back to get some advice on how and what I should run for my gaming curious, for ga- some gaming curious friends of mine. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> uh, in the last few months, I've managed to run D&D Next Pathfinder, Dungeon Crawl Classics, Holy Dungeon crap. World. In one month? Last few months. Whew. Dungeon Busy. World games for a small group of friends. There has also been some Shadowrun 3rd Edition goodness in there somewhere. It has been a phenomenal success in that all the parties involved have been thoroughly satisfied. Oh, yeah. <laughs> However, not everything has gone according... Do I have... Oh, it keeps falling asleep. D&D is morally deficient. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that, that was awesome. Uh, However... This is the unfortunate situation I find myself in. My, while my friends are totally on board with gaming, as in, let's invite the Gooch over to run a game for us. He's not Minnesota Gooch. He's <laughs> the, the Gooch. The Gooch. None of them are actually invested in, the partic- in a particular system or, I predict, interested at all in, say, actually reading a rule book. I've lent out half a dozen books, and no one ever bothers to even open them up. So far, Dungeon World has been the biggest success, as, according to the players, all they need to know is right there on the character sheets. In other words, they enjoy playing, but are not even remotely remotely interested in spending any time or money investing in the hobby. So I'm considering cheating on them. She's a fine group. But what with the scheduling and her lack of serious investment in the relationship, I'm just not feeling satisfied. And I love GMing, don't get me wrong. But every once in a while, I'd like to be a player and have her on top for once. I get you. That's just, that just isn't going to happen as things stand. I've given the friendly local gaming store a shot with a kind of neck-beardy, smelly, creepy results. Now... I have some friends from back in grad school who are the perfect mix of hipster and autistics. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what who, that uh, is. Hoptistics. Ho- ho- <laughs> I love that. Hip-tistic. Autistic hipsters. Hip-tistic. I'm, I'm hiptistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who also happen to still live together. What the fuck? Who might be ready for some hot gaming action. I think the more... Aspergerish members of the group <laughs> would make an excellent GM, 
as he's a goddamn genius, obsessive as hell, and quite creative. One of the other guys in this potential group also works for a brewery. So there's that to bear Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's right into every game. This is, this is the formula for how to construct a game. Yeah. Game this is the formula for yeah. spending the rest of your life doing nothing but gaming. <laughs> <laughs> you might even make that guy the DM because you know what your price is going to be every game. It's like, hey, if you get to this point. <laughs> Can I have a beer instead of XP? Yep. So thoughts. <laughs> have you folks tried to manage two different gaming relationships at the same time? I'd try to merge the two, but again, the whole grown-ups with jobs and kids or partners who will resent time spending gaming thing gets in the way and probably isn't worth it. This new hot piece of group all <laughs> together, so that would be pretty simple to manage. Hold on a minute. Let me, uh, let me just fantasize about the fact that there's a whole house full of people that want a game. A whole house full of neckbeards. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe With even women. Smelly. Hipsterism. Uh, there's no way. I know. It's, I just, it's <laughs> I don't know. possibility. Might, fe- might be, you know, female neckbeard. Could happen. No, that was Kurt from female Oregon. Female neckbeards. Yeah, yeah, go to Oregon someday. I actually... <laughs> I actually saw a woman with a legitimate beard. She didn't actually shave it. She actually like had a legit. Uh, never mind. A neck beard? No, it wasn't on her neck. It was actually quite okay. sort of goat like. You gotta go to like chin. Estonia for that. <laughs> She's such a hippie. She no, didn't those shave women it. are. And we were in a hot. store and I couldn't. They are. They are. Stop. <laughs> On a related note, I just joined the JackerCon 3 group just to check it out. I'm scared, though. I simply do not have the time to game between the hours of 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. on weekdays. But weekends and the wee hours of the night are totally negotiable. I'm thinking that a Saturday or Sunday night game might be a good start. I'm also scared that I'll get suckered into to G plus gaming and start ignoring my family and growing out of my neck beard and abandoning real life interactions just to get some sweet sweet gaming in but I'm sure it will be fine it will it'll be fine it'll be, it'll be great yeah, when you wake up someday your family will be gone and they will be fine also a shout out to DT Pines my old the, my old man lives in a cabin just across from Homer in Ketchumac Bay I try to make it up there each summer to go halibut fishing and bear hunting. Maybe next time I'm up there, we could grab a beer at the Salty Dog and do some gaming. You know, that's what I did wrong, because I actually went bear fishing. <laughs> and halibut hunting? Uh, yeah. I, could, I didn't I didn't get either. It was, it was, I don't know why. Now I know. I should have. Have should've. a drink, friends. Drink. <clears throat> Cheers. Minnesota Gooch, Ph.D. P.S. On a sad note, kicked in the dice bags, just had an episode that was a bit too much of the old bashing on the single moms who get child support for this bleeding heart liberal feminist to condone. Fuck those guys. That was a lot of freaking hyphens there. (laughs) If you don't want to pay child support, no problem. All you have to do is take full custody of your kids and then you get paid. Unless you're willing to do that, then suck it up, friend. Grow a pair like the rest of us. Tits or balls, <laughs> as the case may be. <laughs> Take care of your I'm fucking children. I like on. this. this is, I, 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 I'm totally on board with him here. <laughs> misogyny is already an issue in the gaming <laughs> community. You aren't making any new friends by making the situation worse with your sad, sad baggage. That's yes. pretty awesome. <laughs> Ugh. He listened to Kicked in the Dice Bags. Yep. Kicked in the Dice Bags talks about... Well, I mean, we we generally don't talk about religion, and we don't yeah. talk about politics. We right? Try not, we, at least we try not to. Yeah. Except Jack Chick. By the way, did I mention I got fifty? <laughs> no, I got. Oh, I, I ordered fifty Jack Chick 
uh, copies of Dark Dungeons. It's back in print. So I've got 50 copies of it, and the first, probably the first, I'm going to save some, because I'm going to give them away at Game Cons, but yeah. I'm going to say like the first 30 people that order the shirt, the t-shirts when they come That's out, we'll get, a, we'll get a free yeah. copy. Stu is single-handedly supporting his crusade. It's awesome. Jack Chick, yes. I gave Jack Chick $12.52. That's all he needs. <laughs> He's just going to spend it on, 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 uh, what crank and uh, well, he's got a major motion picture that he's gonna uh, make money. Major, off of. yeah, it's major. It's more <laughs> major than the one major. that we have. It's not major. I'm, I mean, a, I'm I'm a backer of that, and I wouldn't call it major. Okay, well, how's our motion picture doing? Two hundred and fifty dollars I gave to that to that thing, and he fucking killed my character in three goddamn lines. <laughs> That's sad. bastard. And that was only two Ball backers, right? Me and Bill. Yeah, no, that's. I don't know. His, I don't know how long longer. Bill's character lives. Oh, Bill's character lives. I'm going to assume that my character died because his name was Baldur Ruin Drawers, which is a great name. I, I think like it's it. an awesome name. I like it. Bill contributed more money. His character lived. That's Hollywood. Man. I don't know if it lived or not. It's it's, it's who you know. Yeah. PPS, ugh, drink, and apologize to the wonderful podcast ladies for me. Your your wonderfulness is appreciated. What are you apologizing for? Uh, no apologies. I, don't know. Sorry. I think he's apologizing for his previous. Diatribe. I think, I think, I think I like he's a great writer. And I, it's I like hysterical. the It's one of I'm the funniest emails I've ever read. Yes. That's and, right. and your name is Gooch. Oh, so. And you didn't even read it. Minnesota Gooch. What a fucking uh, name, man. By the way, Minnesota Gooch. Stork. Kurt, Kurt from uh, Rollmaster Kurt. Yes. Uh, says, Stork, I know that bearded lady. We work together at the radio station. <laughs> Up in Oregon? Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, because he just moved from Oregon beard. to Southern She literally, she lives she in literally has California. a beard. There's a, there's a no, Kurt lives now in Rocky, Southern California. That, But, yep. Okay, because there's a bearded the lady that works for a radio station at Cal State Long Beach what? as well. Wait. I'm not kidding. Okay, yeah. maybe. Uh-oh. I don't know. Didn't didn't specify Oregon, so maybe. K-L-O-N. Really? In Long Beach, yeah. I really? see. She used to walk from one door to another. I was up at and everyone <laughs> would like stand back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kurt, oh, I'll tell you this. I was up at the. Uh, it was at the time. It was the <laughs> Nature's in Hillsdale, and and he, she, and her hippie boyfriend, who were living in the trailer next to my mom's house, like down the block, came down to buy organic vegetables or whatever it was christmas and i couldn't hate them but she legitimately <laughs> had this goat like goatee and i couldn't stop staring <laughs> <laughs> and now it's oregon right it's so you, know, you expect this kind of thing but i i'm i'm standing in line <laughs> with my stuffing and you know and i i kept looking and i and i kept looking and it's not like she couldn't shave it off she was <laughs> proud of it and all I could think of was like, well, if that's on her chin, oh, 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 my God. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, she was, was, maybe she was a dwarf. There was hair sprouting on her back, I'm sure. I just she didn't shave a follicle. Maybe she was a dwarf. I, 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 I think we agree. <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. Um, I did want to talk about the his topic in his email a little bit. Um we play have played in as many as like five different gaming groups at one time. I mean, not simultaneously, but you know. Oh yeah. Um, so I don't see a problem with having multiple groups with, there, dude. Yeah, with group gaming. 
I think maybe like when you're young, like in college age, you get like you have a, a, this core group of friends, and you guys yeah. role play together, and like, and, and if someone strikes off and 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 joins someone else's game, yeah, probably people, I could I could see where people might conceivably get butt hurt about that. I I because of their it's age. Happened. Yeah, I think so. There's also there's all there was just like man, it was you were in the but crew. You know, yeah, you're part of the, it's the party. It's okay. You're, they're also gonna. They also give. Well, he's married, but you know, they also they give you shit when you get a girlfriend, too, right? So. Yeah. Priorities, man. There's there is something to be said about playing in new groups too, because you get so comfortable. And you just it's it's a reason to hang out and drink beer or whatever. And yeah. Suddenly you move to a different group and oh, the dynamics change. The GM mm-hmm. does different things. The players play a different way, and suddenly it's a whole like this hobby that we're in has become has, it takes on a new meaning it's not just hanging out with your buddies anymore it's like oh, you mean i can role play or wow you got some mechanics oriented i've never thought about mechanics expanding horizons going out there and checking out new groups fooling around with other people's wives may not be a bad idea did you see what Kirk sorry was? wait what <laughs> line, I'm sorry, line, yeah. oh, right. line. That was uh, below the floor. Sorry, line. yeah. I'm, line. Did you, you know, see what he was saying about cooking? The... With, cooking with a little bit of cum. It's yeah. Demonology. <laughs> who, who? He says he Temecula. That's Annie. Oh, he's in Temecula. Okay. Any wild dark hair with gray, hunched back. I, Does d- he know the person you know? Oh no 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 no. Uh, this was at Long Cal State Long Beach. Okay. Not in Temecula. So I don't think it's, it's the same beard. Maybe woman. he knows yours, Annie. All right. Well, she was I actually a very attractive hippie chick, except for the beard. Mm. Weird. Weird. I just I was it was it was silky too. It was I couldn't stop looking. Okay, last email from James. <laughs> email from James. <laughs> we got a show tomorrow. I know. Oh, true. This we is have to James, be there. An Italian from New Jersey. Pause for the obligatory New Jersey mob jokes. Anybody? Okay. So now that that's over over with, I've been listening to the podcast since around the end of Season 9 and decided not to slug through the backlog. Eh, maybe I'll do it someday, but today yeah. is not that day. Yeah, I was having... My first game of d was idea. in high school. I was a DM, and one of my players decided to eat a goblin. Failed his saving throw versus disease, contracted AIDS, and then proceeded to have sex with the dragon at the end of the dungeon, what? giving it AIDS. Ah, <laughs> uh, the foibles of youth. And <laughs> Are you sure you weren't playing Fatal? <laughs> no, no, no. He hasn't mentioned Calipers once. Well, you know so. what? When you're in high school, any yes. role-playing game no, system is Fatal. <laughs> Thank you. Right. You're very right. <clears throat> I haven't played much, mostly due to lack of time, and almost nothing besides D&D, 4th and 3.5. Although I did play a single session of Shadowrun, and I DM a short-running Marvel hero role-playing game. Although... I am one of the organizers of a meetup group based in central New Jersey called Central Jersey Geek Culture Appreciation. Any jackers in central Jersey who are interested can find us at link. You guys got to look at Tinyurl.com slash Jersey Geeks. Yeah, but capital J, capital G. So now that my bona fide days... So, now that my bona fides and my plug are out of the way, into my real question. My wife and I are considering an idea about opening up a gaming store in our area that, as part of the storefront, has a bar serving alcohol to be sort of a geek bar. 
a bar for the social geeks so they don't have to worry about the typical bar patrons. Patrons. Yeah. So I wanted your opinion on this as well as anything about your FLGS that you like or wish it did differently. James, you're on on the forums. Not that I've posted anything. P.S. I wasn't sure what to put here, but felt odd not putting one. So exactly. take, a, take drink. a drink. I would like to have a geek comfortable bar, but if you start uh, tossing people out because they're not geek credit, uh, fuck you. No, no I, I no, don't I think don't he's going to do that. I, I, that's not what I'm. What I think I think he's saying. I think he's just wants a a place that's friendly for grown up. That's geek type people. That's my dream. Yeah, that's uh, is exactly the FLGS that. bar. An FLGS bar, potentially dive bar food, but like I think that's a fantastic idea. We have in Glendale, I have not been to it yet, but they had a Kickstarter to to finish renovating the place, a uh, board game cafe. Mm -hmm. Game house. Game house, yeah. yeah. Uh, And they basically, it's like a coffee house and they also have some food. And they have a very large collection of games and a lot of tables uh-huh. so you can set up and play yep. games while you sit there and nosh and etc. Um, so far, the place, from what I've been told from several people I've talked to who've been there, uh, the place has been fairly well populated. We'll see if that lasts. Who knows? Because, I mean, right now there's a lot of gaming geeks who are supporting the place. Yep. We'll see how sustainable that is. And their business model is basically a coffee shop, but with beer. The, the, like a bar. The, the, this guy in Jersey, yeah. 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 Like well, a bar. Endgame Oakland just did that, too. They did a Kickstarter to add a cafe. There was an adjacent space, uh, and they wanted to do a cafe. I think the most important thing for a, any friendly local gaming store is their location and yeah. its proximity to Huge. a college. Yes, and yeah. if you have a I bar, that, too, it, yeah, yeah. If that's huge, if, if if people have to go out of their way and and drive a long way to get to you, mm-hmm. you're gonna have you're gonna struggle. Oh yeah, just, that's now, just, I'm not a marketing major. I did take a couple classes in college, and I you have to think about your demographic. There's two. There are the college people that are young and have no disposable income. And then there's about a 20-year gap, and then there's us. And now we have disposable income. But you never but know what's going to lure us away from our safe okay. backyards to go and hang out okay. there. Will anything lure Stu out of his house? Or me. <laughs> no, we're both shut-ins. Yeah, <laughs> we really are. And if you really think about it, so are you. You only leave to go game. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. Nah. No. Well, she keeps you honest, right, but... No, I, we, I think gamers so by by nature tend to be sort of there's insular. A, there is, is the word I, I think there's absolutely uh, a strata of social gamers, and I'm thinking about the, there was a bar I went to in college, which is why I can totally visualize this. That had it was actually a longshoreman total dive bar. But I they love had, dive bars, by the way. I know. I love and them. they had darts and pool, but they had these. Weird kind of raised platform areas with tables, and they had. Were there stripper poles? No, it was games. There was like (laughs) board games, and then there was another one that was the coloring room. I don't know, like, how these things fit together, 
But that's why I can totally picture this, where if you can make these areas where people, and you encourage that. Right. If you go to um, uh, Eagle Rock uh, Brewery, mm-hmm. uh, they have stacks of games yeah. there. Like we right. sat there and drank we played one day Scrabble. and played Scrabble. That's cool. Um, and I think there are absolutely people who would dig that. And I then totally know a lot bar. of home brewers that are also into gaming. I mean, I'm sure yeah, that there's a crossover. Oh, yeah. I think that if you, I am I am convinced that that Gina's dream would would work if you put it in the right place. Yeah. Location. Um, location, location. Yeah. Location. location. But I think that so, some things that I would want in an FLGS if I could have them, it needs to be clean. It needs to be welcoming. Um, Air conditioning that works to get that gamer funk out. It yeah, don't allow Warhammer. <laughs> well, what do you want a bouncer? I, hey, you didn't bathe today. I, out you go. I, I just, I, I've been to a lot of game stores where you walk in and it's dingy and <laughs> it's dirty and it's dusty and the 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 product is covered in in you know. A le- this thick layer of dust that you have to brush off to even look at the, at it, and um, because a couple of things: one, a, a game store bar is going to cater to grown-up gamers. A game store, hopefully, is going to cater to them because people like us are the ones who have disposable income who can actually spend money. But there's another group of people who are going to spend money, and that's the kids who are getting into gaming, and they're going to be brought in by their parents. And you can't bring a kid into a bar. Uh-uh. You can't bring a kid that's into a bar. True. You can't bring a kid into a place where alcohol is being served. Nope. Um, uh, well, it probably depends on the state. Yeah. But there were, in California, you have beer and wine licenses, and then you have liquor licenses. And right. If you have a beer and wine license, I, the kid, the kids are okay. Yeah. You That's, can bring a kid to a topless bar. You can't bring a kid to a nude bar. I'm okay. sorry, and Stork right. knows that from personal experience. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, got, I got some serious trouble. The stri- you ever been dressed down by a stripper? I'm telling you. She... she Literally. Railed on me from the stage, and the yeah, rest I'm of the guests were like, shut up, man. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> The the main thing I, I think I would I want in a gaming store is for it to be a welcoming atmosphere. I I don't care as much about the I mean they should have clean bathrooms. Oh, yeah, number one. Um yeah. I like the kind of crappy dive bar sort of feel to yeah. stuff, but you need Wi Fi. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. I think if you're gonna have games you don't just want the big the big two or three. Yeah, I think you want enough depth depth in your inventory that it looks like you've got the cool new shit and the stuff that's you know being played by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to order. Here's here's my people concern. who uh, know what they're doing and know yeah. what they're there for. Yeah. Here's my concern. Yeah. This is a little esoteric, but follow me on this. It's going to end up in. In a couple of months, a year, maybe maybe two, you do a giant click. And people are going to walk in, and they're going to want to play a game. And Fat it's going to be... regulars. Right. <laughs> yeah. Chase everyone That's else away. That's true. <laughs> 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 
crazy. You reject, you reject, and it's going to become not welcoming. This is a to please don't touch. You're going to be looking at it. <laughs> it's going to become non-welcoming to people that haven't been there before. And it, it's sure. a great concept, but all you're doing is going to encourage God, the worst behavior in geeks. They're going to get drunk, and they're going to just like feed off each other. Because we are, any, we are, for the most part, very broken and people. And any new people that show up <laughs> are going to get torn apart. You know, the thing is, well, you, got, you, got a, you got an uphill battle. Yep. Uh, especially with regards to role-playing games. I mean, our lo- local gaming store... The, He's got like a couple shelves worth of role playing game stuff now, because almost yeah. all that shit he, people buy online. And he basically washed his hands of it when White Wolf said, "We're not printing books anymore. Go buy them online." He sold all of his White Wolf stock, which I just bought the last two books, by the way. Wow! Uh, they were like, yeah, the two White Wolf books. They were like nine dollars each or something. Really? Yeah, he was get, finally getting rid of them, and uh, it it. it, it he, I mean, he what his the primary part of his business is all those little miniatures guys. Yeah. Well, the, it's the Warhammers guys because they they're they're buying new shit all the time. They're yeah. buying paint. They're buying all the paint supplies, mm-hmm. all that stuff. What do we buy? We buy a couple of books and we buy some dice and we're done. I bought Mongoose and, Traveler once, right? Maybe right. twice if it's a. Gift. You already you already have plenty of D sixes. You don't need to go there and buy no, more of them. Have no idea. Right. So I mean, role playing gamers. If, if 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 you're gonna open up a store and you're gonna rely on role playing gamers, you can go broke. Steve Jackson told us this. Well, he talked about the fact that the role playing game industry, he thought, was starting to kind of go away. I don't think it's going away, but the business model's changing. Uh, he certainly, I don't. He certainly think. said you can't make money making uh, role playing games. I think you can, but not uh, in the traditional model. I think you probably can because there's a lot and by of extrapolation you can't actually make money. That's the thing. I don't think I don't think a role playing game hobby itself can support gaming stores. I don't think it can. I don't think so. There's either. not enough of or this. Or gaming, even a gaming bar. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think what you, you want to rely on at a gaming bar is board games. You want people to come here play a couple games, games just watch a couple of beers. You, if you're going to rely on gaming bar is. Liquor sales. That's what, you yeah, and that's what I was going to say. If yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Because that's where you're going to make your money. Listen, yeah. I'm going to... You ain't going to make it on the game. I, I have like a, a three-month campaign. I'm going to come in and order maybe three beers the entire time and sit there and take up table space See, and that's and just and play that's, with my people. That's the problem. Half with, of them are going to be underage. Nobody's buying beer. And I'm going to take up valuable space. That's the, that's the problem with them. any kind of place like this. There was a... My, my ex-wife worked for a, um, a coffee house... We and rehearsed in that coffee house. Yeah, we did. Uh, Java Company. Yes. Was in it. And these motherfuckers would get in there with their goddamn chessboard, and they'd set up in a corner. And, and it was not a very big place. I mean, it was it was maybe twice the size of this studio. It was tiny. And, and, and they would set up, and they'd take up two seats plus a table, and sit and play chess. For like four hours. Hours at a time, and they'd each order a coffee at the beginning, and they would, wouldn't order a goddamn thing for the rest no of the food, time. No food. And that was it. Right. And that's the problem you're going to have. Here's your role-playing you game. you watch that. Yeah. Everybody says it. They Fuck order one beer, and then now the Pathfinder games for, goes for eight hours. Back what then, we get? didn't have a name for them. Today, we would call them hipsters. Ah! <laughs> Lokio was uh, in the chat room, says that uh, their L- FLGS is going to start charging five bucks to use space. 
but that then you can use, you get $5 worth of credit that you can use in the store. So basically you oh. can't just sit there, but you, you get the I, credit I back. I could see how that could be a yeah. problem. People just show up, oh, I mean, claim a space, and then look like, at, look, yeah. use look at the Wi-Fi. Game, Game Empire, he moved into a huge location. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Is that and a half video of his, game store? Huh? Is more that an video store? More than half yeah. of that it space. It used to be an arcade. Yeah. Oh, okay. More than half of that space is allocated to gaming, gaming tables. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like, the back half is just miniature stuff. Yeah. I, I walk through there, and there's just people, like, there's yeah. mountains and stuff sitting there, and people are building train sets. I don't know what's going on. It's weird. We need to call this, because yeah. we, we got we got ferry in the morning. Stu and I have got yep. work to go. To All right. In the morning. Uh, I think it's a cool idea, How do I though? do this? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> We're listeners of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 12, Episode 2 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Gina. <laughs> and we'd like to thank Extreme Earth on Ooh. Kickstarter for sponsoring this episode and bringing it to you. We appreciate it. Go check them out. Happyjacks.org. Slash Extreme Earth, all lowercase, all one word, and that's it. We'll see you uh, maybe next week, definitely in two weeks, uh, at least until fair's over. So thank you for joining us, and we'll leave you with a song.
Bam, 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 bam.